Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 103rd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these right here are the Chronicles of Kyle Black. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, is this handsome fella right here. Don't call me handsome, it's a Scotsman, Tom. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome! To the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit it! Hey there. You're about to enjoy the Chronicles of Tom and Jamie. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Mann. Hey, guys. My name's Annabelle Knight. Hello, this is Becky Baldwin. Hello, I'm Chesney. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Brayden from Say We Can Fly. Hi, my name is Kyle Black. I'm the lead singer of a band called Borger. And you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Batman takes a shit ton of steroids. Make popcorn for the raccoon. Avoid caffeine. Don't think you absolute dick skin is a Batman quote. <laughs> this week we are joined by Kyle Black. Kyle Black is the frontman and driving force behind dark rock band Auger. Mixing electro beats of head guitars, perfect for fans of bands like VMV Nation, Mesh, and other bands like that. Make sure you go and check out their latest single before it began right now. Right, right now. On top of that as well, Kyle is also the marketing and developing man and development manager for our good friends here at the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. And this conversation is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's really great. Carl, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat to us. Um, it really meant a lot, obviously, being ambassadors uh, for such a wonderful charity that you obviously work for uh, and talk all about your amazing band, Auger, um, which I hope people go and check out, like Jamie said, like now. Um, but maybe listen to us, but listen to interview first and then go check them out afterwards, if that's okay, Carl. Oh, let, 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 let listen to you talk first so we can, they can learn all about you and go, actually, that sounds wonderful. Um <laughs> But yeah, this is another great conversation, as always, like every week. Um, we just like to just smash them straight out the fucking park, boys. Jamie! Yes, sir. Do you, right, you, right, yes, you, do you have any final words at all? Just a big old massive thank you to Kyle for taking the time out to sit and talk to us. This conversation is fascinating, learning about it. it's two different aspects of your life. It's absolutely amazing. You guys are very much going to enjoy this one. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, the front man of Auger, it's Kyle Black. So if you're like, it's definitely Auger, they go, ah, oh, Auger, yeah? Like, no, Auger, yeah, yeah. yeah. Auger, yeah. <laughs> Exactly what happens. The more I try and say, "Oh, it's Olga," like, "Oh yeah, Olga, yes," <laughs> like I'm <"Alga." laughs> like nine. Nicht gut, nicht gut, nicht gut. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my my German is so bad. I have German on, I think, three songs, and I'm still not sure to this day whether it's correct. But no one's pulled me up on it, so maybe they're either being really polite. Or it's correct, and I, I think it's probably the first one. Um, I did try and learn German for a little while. I can I can read it pretty well. I just 
not very confident with speaking it. Yeah, well, I mean, when you've got all those Zs and those weird squiggly, like, B things with a big line down the end, you're just like, yes? <laughs> That'll do, I guess? Yeah. Madness. That sounds like you're Google translating lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have I've done it before. I did it. I Google translated a Ramstein song and never again. And they, they sing about some pretty, pretty yeah. bonkers. I, I mean, it makes sense, but I never really, I just sort of made the noises rather than said the words. So <laughs> I, up, I was like, oh, God. That's what we all do. Everyone yeah, does that. It's funny that if you, if someone who speaks German, if you if you say if you try and sing Rammstein to them, they just piss themselves laughing. It's like you're literally just making sound, and it's like, I, I, but how? Like I'm doing the exact same thing that they're doing, but no, it's it's terrible. Yeah, I, I thought I was pretty good at singing along to it. Apparently not. I I just love the idea of you making this noise that's going fire uh, fry bang bang really obvious I I thought they were the words <laughs> mortar mortar that's it yeah it's, it's, you only have to really know one of the words because they tend us to use one in it in every chorus anyway so yeah. you know what, what why learn the rest of it just just the one's fine yeah persona will always be an absolute banger. Sorry, we're going to Massive Ramshine, oh, but I absolutely love that. It never gets boring, that song, ever. It can never get old. No, no. And, and the second it does, you just have to watch the video, and it's, like, so well put together that it just yeah. revives it, doesn't it? I mean, the video, the cinematographer in the video has been insane anyway, but that that's a really cool one. It's so, like, nostalgic as well, I think, that one. I always find it weird. It took their third album to get hit over here. Only this to the first time, he's yeah. like, that's even better than that one, but it got famous. What? <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? My, my stepdad was into them pretty much from day one, but he reads lots of obscure German magazines. But he did say that they would be big at some point, and that this band is going to be massive. And uh, But I don't think anyone predicted quite how big they would be. And I think it's bizarre that they are, because there's, there's so many other bands that are, are German singing bands that do a really good job as well, that are like minute in comparison. Not even that they're Okay, they're doing all right, but not as good as Ramstein. Like literally, they're almost unknown in comparison to them, and they're they're so good. There's one called Austin Front. There's uh, Eisbrecher, who is slightly uh, slightly bigger than than them. But if anyone likes Ramstein, you'd love those ones as well. But they're kind of they kind of bumble in that kind of German scene, which is so big and so well attended, but doesn't exist anywhere outside of Germany. It's really it's really odd. There can be like superstars in Germany that you they all know, and but we have no idea who they are. It's, it's, it's odd it's weird it's weird how the music industry works <laughs> it is yeah but as long as it's working <laughs> that's all bad <laughs> I think we probably should get this like actually started shouldn't we instead of just talking about Rammstein <laughs> <laughs> you can rely on me for waffle so I'll, I'll, I'll shut up and let you do what you need to do <laughs> we like waffle here we do oh good just not blue it's not blue yeah <laughs> 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 Great yeah, we're, we're all going to Google that now because it's been too long since we've seen it. Oh, I no, can assure no. you, I'm not. No, no way. No, thank you. All good. All good. Wasn't it, um, wasn't it something to do with the, the "I'm feeling lucky" button? There used to be a second button on Google, didn't there? And you, if you typed it and pressed that, that was how you got it. I remember that being a thing. Anyway, I'll shut up. What <laughs> <laughs> What we'll do is I'll just do an introduction. And then we'll bombard the living hell out of your questions, as Tom likes to say. Cool. Sound good? good? Beautiful. Let me get started then. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you another wonderful guest and a man with 
two stories to tell. Today's guest is a frontman and driving force behind the mighty Auger, but also marketing and development manager for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Guys and girls, the man with possibly the deepest voice I've ever heard in my goddamn life. It's the wonderful Carl Black. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I should probably like lower it even more to live up to the expectation you've just given there. But yeah, hello. <laughs> it's one of my favourite memories from 2000 Trees was all just sat there going, fuck me, your voice is deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a moment of realisation for everyone. I think even I was shocked at one point. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I listened to the band, I was like, shit, it gets deeper. Why, what? <laughs> <laughs> I make, I make it a challenge in each song. Like, how low can we go in that? Eventually, I'm going to be singing to the worms, and they're going to love it. <laughs> the ground is going to vibrate, and they're going to have a rave. It's going to be brilliant. Isn't, isn't the brown sound in there somewhere as well? Yeah, in I think the lower you go. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate brown note. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Like, solve the music <laughs> stuff. I'm just, I'm just trying to reach this brown note status. <laughs> What's but the way we like to kick off all interviews is, and I'm, I'm going to ditch this question soon because it's getting on, but how has the last few years been for you with the pandemic and everything? Like how have the last, like, especially with the band and stuff, obviously not being able to tour or do anything or go anywhere or say or see anyone, like how have hmm. the last few years been? It's It's been strange. I think that's going to be quite a common answer to that because it, it was, I don't think it was like anything else. So it's sort of a weird uh, experience that everyone was going through and yet no one had any experience of going through. So um unless there's any 600 year old people hanging around after the plague but it it, it it was very odd but i think a lot of sort of um up and coming bands and smaller bands really suffered from it because the people who had the following they've always got that and they could just come out the other side but i think for bands like us it was kind of difficult to sort of and kind of worrying to think like where are we going to be after this when this momentum of i think we've done um 60 shows in seven seven countries something like that, up until that point and then it all kind of stopped. And that was in quite a short period of time. So I, I tried to keep it going, mainly for my own sanity, by doing uh, just by doing live streams, like just acoustic live streams, where I'd set up a microphone and a camera and just sort of chat to everyone. And, and they became a bit of a, an ongoing thing. And I think they, they ended up averaging about four hours long, just constant play. They were, the longest was five hours and 27 minutes. of just oh. People were just requesting songs. I was like, can you play this? Probably not, but I'll Google the lyrics and we'll we'll, we'll see what we can do. And it, it became a bit of a community thing. And and I think that if I hadn't done that, then I I don't know if I'd been able to come out the other side, you know, in 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 a, a, a very at the very least exactly where we left off. But I think I possibly was luckily luckily enough to sort of be in a position where we're ever so slightly further on, or that the people that we had connected with up until that point have had some really good memories and they still bring it up at shows and say, Oh, I've discovered you on the live streams and thank you for that. And I think, cause it became quite a nice um, sort of hub for people to get together and to catch up with their friends. Cause often the comments would, would go on for ages while I was singing and people just catching up with each other and seeing how they're all getting on. So yeah, I think that that was, at least we had something. And I think it brought out a lot of creativity amongst, other bands as well especially the small ones again trying to sort of keep that momentum going which is so important um but i think it all made it made all the bands either that that, that pulled through it well it made all the bands stronger because of it i think because it gave them the extra bit of time they might have needed to work on that project or work on that song or it gave that extra bit of time that was needed to plan that next step or to sort of 
make people more resilient to this kind of stuff in the future that okay maybe a gig gets cancelled down the line well they've had an entire year of that so they're more adapt at how to handle that so i think you can only draw the positives from it because it was a crappy situation um and you can only do what you can to make it to make it as as lucrative as possible so i think i think everyone did their best and unfortunately some bands didn't get through it but luckily loads of bands did so i'm glad that it's over though because it was a bit of a especially with all, a lot of our shows we do quite a few overseas in germany and stuff and it becomes very difficult when you've got to have proof of vaccination and proof of a covid test within a certain period of time and it even got to the point we had to video chat the security staff of us taking the covid tests improving that we're doing them in order for them to give us the tick mark and it was it was stressful. There's even a time when it was during the lockdown we somehow ended up in Germany, um, having having not done a COVID test or had vaccinations. So I don't even know how we managed that, but um, it was just a mad period of time. I think it was just bizarre. That's crap. How the hell did you get into the country? Right? I mean, did you swim? That's what you did. You swam in, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can't swim, so I don't know how far I'd get by doing that. It was, I really don't know. We were in, we were in the, the airport and we were walking down this long corridor and there were all these Polizai stood and they were all kind of with their arms folded and they were checking everyone who came through. And we didn't have, it wasn't an essential journey, definitely. I mean, we were playing music. You can argue if that's essential, but it wasn't an essential journey. We had no family there, no vaccinations yet because we weren't old enough, and um, and we didn't have any proof of a, a test, and we had to hand all these documents in. And I just came up with the, the most brilliant bullshit I've ever come up with, and it just it, it worked somehow. And I just I think I did it by just I handed them something. It was like a bit of paper that said I don't know what it like said that we had approval from someone or something like that and I, and, I, and then a hotel reservation and i handed that to them and then just kept talking so then they were kind of just they didn't really know what they're looking at but they kept talking that oh yeah you just go on and i had to pull that trick like four times to get past everyone because there was obviously the those polar side and the border control and then there was coming back it, it was it was very stressful but we made it and it was a good show as well <laughs> i mean they do what a weird kink that is that they want to watch take a COVID test. Do you know what I mean? So it's kidding, I know, kind of, right? Yeah, t- takes a test. Yeah, you go there. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right up the nose. Yeah, you, you get that. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Try not to or, or gag. Yeah. It was yeah. very odd. It was really, really weird. And uh, but I, and I had to do it as well flying over to America. Like after the COVID restrictions were lifted, they still required you to do it. I think it's just because people were kind of taking them. And if they came back, um, positive, or they just swapped it out with another one that they had because there was no real way of checking it. So I, I get why they do it, but to have a video meeting like with the guy with a suit on, like watching me do it, and I'm like, I kind of didn't want to do them properly anyway because the back of the throat thing I can't stand. So I was like, I don't worry about doing this. It was, it was a weird time, and I, I swear they filmed it. Oh, 100%. probably. What yeah, they- yeah, they're watching that later, aren't they? <laughs> What do they do for the res- what do they do for the results? They just have like awkward conversation for half an hour while you're waiting. Like, yeah. what? Yes, that's exactly what they do. Yeah, for I think they, they for about five minutes they they wait and then they put you in like a holding thing whilst they do everyone else and then they come back because but in that time you could just swap it anyway. Yeah. So I don't really understand. I'm sure there was it's one of those sort of things where they kind of they thought of the idea and then they didn't really think about anything else after that. And they thought, oh, it will do. It has some holes in it, but it will be fine. Which right. sums up a lot of the pandemic, I think. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow, yeah. 
crazy yeah. time. Crazy time. But a question I like to ask all of our guests, so take us back to when you were a young, young wee lad, as we like to say. What mm-hmm. do you originally aspire to be when you grow up? What were the dreams of young Master Kyle? Young Master Kyle, that's one of the things is totally unrelated, but I loved it when posts used to come through. And I think before a certain age, you're not Mr. You're Master. That's so much cooler than being Mr. But anyway, um, I, I think I think like like a lot of kids, I was um, uh, sort of endlessly aspirational. Like I, I, I just wanted to be everything and all at the same time. Like I wanted to be a rally driver. I wanted to be an astronaut. I mean, who didn't want to go to space? Um, I, I never, but bizarrely, one of the things that was never on there was a singer. I, I that never, never crossed my mind that it was something I wanted to do. I, I liked making music. I was making music from like six or seven years old on a game called Music 2000, if you remember that thing. Oh, and, yes. Yeah, what a game. It was just a load of whale noise. Basically, electronic Kajira. It was brilliant. Um, but what? yeah, so I, I, I sort of, I sort of did that, but it was never like a thing that I wanted to do. I think I, I, I bizarrely the thing that I wanted more. And if and if you know someone's going to call me up and offer me it, I wanted to be a rally driver. I think racing and cars and motorbikes are like a thing that I that I really like. So that was I'd still want to be a rally driver now. If, if I'm being quite honest, I'm sort of like living in denial because I always <laughs> want to be a footballer. But I realise I'm like older than most of the England team which is very depressing. So, But in my mind, I can still be a footballer. And when I hit 35 and I'm no longer eligible to be a footballer, I'm going to be very depressed. <laughs> I, I could have done that. I'm going to be the old man and like, well, I could have been a professional, you know. Never give up on your dreams. Never give up I know, on right? <laughs> That's what I tell myself. We'll see you turn up to one of these music festivals in a rally car one day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? But... To do what you do, not only in the world of music, but in the world of Sophie as well, you obviously need to have a love for music and the world of rock and metal, especially. Where did that love of music come from? Um, it was helped by uh, my mum and my dad performed from before I was born in a in a goth band called Playful Dawn. Um, and it was all sort of through the 90s and they were sort of alongside Garbage and bands like that in the magazines and stuff. So it was kind of... My, my my dad was a music producer when I was growing up, so like it was it was just such a a, a thing um, that music was was a, was a part of our lives. So um, there was a lot of listening to it and a lot of being exposed to all, all sorts of different bands. And then I sort of discovered, I say discovered, but personally discovered some bands that I liked based on what my dad had lying around, and then would sort of go to concert sale buy CDs or, or vinyl of, of bands that I thought would be quite interesting because I'd look at the back and go, oh, I like that song. So I'll buy the whole thing. And it's like a compilation. There might be something stuff on it. But then I'd run into my dad's room like half an hour later going, oh, my God, have you heard of Kate Bush? She's amazing. <laughs> and he'd then be like, well, well, duh. Yeah. And then I'd sort of mention Duran Duran. And before you know it, I realized that actually we have a lot of music stuff in common. So yeah, it just it, it was just became a thing where then my dad and my mum would start recommending music, and then I would start listening to them. And and my my stepdad bought me this really pivotal moment. He I went into the HMV with all my pocket money, and I spent like twenty seven pounds on this DVD, thinking it was music videos of like bands I liked, and it turned out to be like more behind the scenes of festivals. And I, I like I was so disappointed because I didn't I didn't want that. I wanted to watch music videos. And uh, my stepdad took it back and returned it for a, a DVD called World Shut Your Mouth. And it's basically just, I think it's like 20 odd songs and all their music videos for it. But 
it's just an absolute banger of a playlist, everything from propaganda to the mission to the cure. And it just had all these amazing songs. I think that was like the defining moment of everything that I liked musically because it was such a wide spread of different genres and even had some like Guns N' Roses on it, which kind of got me into more of the Rocky stuff. And yeah, and then I had Ozzy Osbourne on it as well, which was like a, a big influence of mine growing up. So yeah, it's sort of, that sort of like really spearheaded my um, my love for that kind of music and um, already being in the, quite a musical family as well. Were they like influences for you then? Like the the got some more moody type, like the cure, that sort of thing. Is that where the influences mm-hmm. come from, or is it someone completely separate? Um, I mean, it's it's it basically everyone and anyone. And there was like a phase <laughs> where it started off weirdly with punk music, and I, I loved like really sort of hardcore sixties, seventies, early eighties punk. And then that transitioned into Ozzy Osbourne. Then there was a small obsession there. And then I kind of just developed it from there. And then Ozzy Osbourne became The Cure. And then The Cure became The Mission. And The Mission became Mesh. And then Mesh became Rammstein. And then it just sort of, it went in so many different directions. Then I discovered all the 80s stuff and then got obsessed with Marillion. Um, and, and I found Clutching at Straws album, which is just an absolute masterpiece. So it's sort of, yeah, the the that's that's why, I mean, the music that I do with Augur is so varied we've had to call it genre fluid because it doesn't (laughs) fit into any genre because it's kind of it's basically whatever i want to write and my my influences are pretty much everything like i have a playlist that has like scooter as track one and then it has slow dives and shoegaze music and then it has like i don't know and then it has you know rum dmc like it just goes goes oh. through so the, the music just becomes a, a sort of amalgamation of whatever i've just been listening to essentially that's amazing <laughs> you you were listening to those bands then and you said mesh and like i just had this sudden hit of nostalgia of a song called little missile by mesh which i was obsessed with in like 2005 right, okay. well, 2006 no, you know who mesh are because that is that is impressive like because this is this is one of the my it blows my mind every time. So when I was growing up, I, I obviously had these CDs. I had Iron Maiden, I had uh, Ozzy Osbourne, and I had Mesh. And I I had Mesh because my mum uh, is, is a fan. She supported them a few times early on, and and so I had the CD. And I was I was under the impression that this band Mesh were just as big as Ozzy Osbourne and just as big as Iron Maiden because I was seven eight years old and they were the CDs that I had. And then. And then I, I find that, that actually they're kind of like an underground sort of gothic band that I'm like, no way. And then no one that I speak to in high school or college knows who they are. And I'm like, but they're so good, um, which is just just baffling. So to find people who also like Nesh, the chances are like, you know, the goth scene, essentially, even though they're not a goth band, but it's, it's quite a small scene. But we got to support them in, in March uh, 2019, I think, and I just... I've I've seen them a few times as well, and I just died meeting them. They're they're super super nice people, and uh, Richard come he always comes to our Bristol shows. He'll he'll be there in October as well for the for the for the Bristol show. Then he always pops down and says hello. So yeah, Mesh, awesome. brilliant band, it's so good. I can, I can literally just remember that one song, and yeah, it's yeah. absolutely great. I'm gonna have to go listen to that. After this. I haven't heard yeah, that in years. It. <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's like it's everything that Depeche Mode do well but like blended with everything that you love from that sort of late 90s dance music and then this sort of more contemporary edge and his voice is brilliant. It's it is. like 
play me a bad song by Mesh and and I'll I'll give you a tenor because there isn't one <laughs> and I don't have a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when when did that fandom go from God I love this music to I need to play this music I need to learn how to do this myself. Um. So yeah, I, it it was a weird one. I think the my biggest sort of in like inspiration that got me into actually the the writing side of things was my my uncle um ed who played a lot of acoustic guitar and, and an amazing voice and i sort of copied him sort of for a while and then it wasn't until i was 17 that i actually sang in front of anyone and and, and made like showed anyone a song that i'd written um and i hadn't even sang in my own room like someone would have to be the whole house would have to be empty the door would have to be closed and I'd have to be under the covers and I'd still whisper to myself, like no one had ever heard it. So it was actually quite late on, I was probably 16, that actually, you know, sang in, in, in front of people. And then it sort of, it sort of spiraled into sort of, oh, wait a minute, this is actually really fun. And writing music is easy. <laughs> or at least, or at least getting my ideas down is a really kind of simple process. I just have to, you know, materialize it through a software. So when I started to discover that, it sort of snowballed and, um, I, I, there's a, uh, an EP out on Spotify that I did when I was, uh, most of the songs I wrote when I was 16. Um, and that was sort of my, my first sort of entry into it, but it was just kind of making it up. And I sort of always said that um, I would make music that I wanted to listen to because it didn't exist. And that's sort of the philosophy that I've always gone for because I obviously love all this sort of music and I love all these random genres. And I kind of want to, I want to hear what it sounds like when I put all those two together and I would be the one that sings it. So then I end up making music that I like to listen to, which it sounds very egotistical that I like to listen to my own music, but that's why I write it. So it's it's always very bizarre when other people sort of pick up on it and quite enjoy it. And hopefully because I've got such a broad music taste, it's a good one. And that would be why people like it. I don't know. It's a theory. <laughs> <laughs> Are you totally self-taught singing? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I, I had some guitar lessons as well. Um first when I was I think eight years old or seven years old with a guy called Nigel Murgatroyd which is just the coolest name ever I mean he sounds like a transformer Murgatroyd I mean what is that um so I had a, that was like in primary school so I had a couple of lessons and then again with a guy called Justin when I was for about a couple of years but every, outside of that everything from the production to drums guitar bass piano singing it's all sort of self-taught or rather made up on the spot <laughs> i'm kind of just I'm, I'm just i'm just bullshitting essentially and it's, <laughs> and it's working so far but don't tell anyone that i can't actually play <laughs> that, that's amazing though fair play you've managed to teach yourself all these things but what was the original plan was he said you wanted was it was it singing the original wanted to do and the rest just sort of came out of necessity to make this music or did you want to yeah, like? I want to try listen. I mean, with with Auger, it was actually a it was actually a joke. Um, it, I know, and it's great. It's the best joke I've ever made. And and it, it was basically I had uh, a guitarist friend of mine called Kieran who, who founded the band with me. We were in this um, this theatrical metal band, and and we were mixing the demos that that we'd recorded in the studio because we didn't like the mixing that the studio had done. So I was like, oh, I can mix it. It's fine no idea what I'm doing so I'm kind of just twisting knobs and doing it and then we um I discovered that he's a fan of Fields of the Nephilim and Sisters of Mercy but I'd only known him for a couple of years I was like if you know who Sisters of Mercy are you are a friend of mine 
Um, so we ended up getting talking and I told him about the goth scene because my mum obviously was, was incorporated into it. And I showed him this band called Blue Tangle and uh, I played him a couple of the tracks. And, and we thought, you know what, we could probably write this. So we did. And we wrote, essentially, it's not prepared by mesh and then mixed with like a Blue Tangle kind of vocal. And we wrote this song called My Guardian and, and it became this like full length song. We did it quite quickly. And I sent it off to my stepdad, who's been managing bands for years. And and he said, this is actually quite good. And it's like, do you have another one? So we're like, yeah, we can write another one. So we just ended up just writing song after song. And then before we know it, he's like, do you have a name for this project? So I, I me being me, I sort of search up, um, like, what, what what's industrial? Like, mining is industrial. So I went on a mining glossary, A to Z. And literally the first thing at the top was auger, because it can do that. So it's like, that'll do. That sounds kind of German. So I sent that over to him. And the next thing I know, we have a tour. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just got you all these shows. And I'm like, okay, so I guess we have to, like, play these now. And then it that's literally how it started. So it was it was sort of an accident, but quite a quite a good accident. And it just sort of – I think we, we had a first album. We started writing it essentially in in June. We did our first show in, in July. And by the end of July, we had the album finished, and it came out in September. So it was, like, very much a – very very quick thing uh, apparently i worked pretty fast which is which is good <laughs> Fuck it out. <laughs> yeah you, you couldn't make it up could you <laughs> it's like the no. most successful practical joke ever <laughs> i know right yeah normally if my jokes go down like a lead balloon so i, I, I was pleased with that one <laughs> the only thing is now I, I have to listen back to the first album and i'm there making this weird chris pole blatangle voice that is not my voice and i'm sort of going like making all these weird noises and i'm like oh god what was i thinking and that exists now forever online. So, I mean, I guess the joke is on me eventually, but <laughs> it got us a few books. Did it not? Did not develop from that though? Obviously, obviously, yeah. Because obviously, you only get better, don't you? The more you do, the better you get. Yeah, absolutely. And and from that point, we had a great foundation to sort of start off. Okay, we've got a band now, and we can sort of start to really work in our influences and and write. Oh, we were always writing music we wanted to listen to. We still loved it. But I, I was able to drop this kind of voice um, and and sing like I wanted to sing, and then yeah, we ended up sort of starting to enjoy the writing process even more, and and that's why I mean, in from 2018, 2019, and 2020, we had an album every single year, so we were just pumping out songs because we just loved doing it, and when you have a good idea and you 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 love that idea, it tends to happen pretty quickly. So yeah, we started to sort of write more, and uh, and we've been quite prolific ever since so yeah lyrics wise then are they because you were smashing out an album like on the year by year you know you're pumping out because you're enjoying mm-hmm. it are the lyrics quite personal to you or are they more like story based so the first album was story based because it was we had this idea this whole mining thing as much as it was a joke it had a bit of substance to it and it was like this it was like a conceptual album where the um the, the awakening is what it's called and it's like the awakening of this beast called the wendigo and it's about all these miners who are deep in the in the mine and this wendigo comes out and starts eating everyone it's like this whole sort of concept it's really cool and so that all the stories were like this sort of head miner called august and how his wife had went missing and and it was like all these, all these attacks going on in his mind and he had to shut it down so the whole album is is, a, is like a progression through that story so yeah writing that one was quite it, it was a nice flow to it because we knew what was happening next in the story. So we're able to kind of string it together. But then from that, 
a lot of the vocals that I do and bizarrely they're actually sort of freestyle they're sort of in order for me to write lyrics I have to have a melody I can't do it without a melody nine times out of ten so I, I sort of write the music and then I sort of press record and I literally just hold the microphone this one is the crappy little microphone I hold it and and I just sort of freestyle a melody so that I can write lyrics to it um but then what ends up happening is I start actually just come up with the words so you know for for my guardian for example the whole chorus was kind of just written on the fly and it was only a couple of words that were changed here and there so it's almost like subconsciously I know what I want to write and it sort of comes out or I will come up with a line that I quite like freestyle and I'll base the song around that line and almost like put my own experiences to it but a lot of them from after that first album a lot of them have a very personal sort of anecdotes or or personal experiences and I try and I try and keep them relatively um sort of positive or when they're not so positive more optimistic so even if they are like sad lyrics they've got a sort of sense of optimism to them and sort of add this feel good factor to them as well and there's a couple of songs a song called when we're apart um that's about a family member who's who's quite ill so there's a couple of songs in there that are like very meaningful and then some other songs that like someone tells me a story of a personal experience and I'll try and embody that into a song because it inspires me to do so. So someone that I'd met at the show she told me about how they'd lost both their parents and it was quite early on and, and they'd had to sort of raise their younger sister and, and all this sort of stuff. And and it was such like a hard hitting story and they were so positive and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, how, how can you how can you have this such a wonderful, optimistic and positive attitude, like given all this crap you've been through? I mean, I would be destroyed after that from such a young age. So moments like that inspire, like I'll come up with a little line that kind of sums that up. Um, and and then the song sort of breathes from that. So I like to sort of take on people's experiences because it's nice to sort of include people and to, you know, it's it's they might never know it's their story, but it's nice to know that, you can associate a story to it. And I think if you write, I always say like, you, if you need to, when you perform something, you have to be passionate about it. I mean, it's obvious, but the more passionate about it, the better it comes across. So if you're writing meaningful lyrics and writing songs that you believe in and that are personal, well, then you can deliver them with more genuine passion and therefore people feed back from that. So even if it isn't about their situation, they empathize and they find meaning within it to apply it to their situation. So it becomes this kind of toing and froing thing between the audience. That's beautiful. I love that. Like you said, music is very much up to your own inter interpretation. Obviously, this is what the artist yeah. meant, but it doesn't mean that that's the same way it makes you feel. So that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we've had quite a few stories of people coming up and saying, I mean, really, really hard hitting stuff. One person that went through a, a, a divorce and, and was, um, you know, thinking about they're contemplating their 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 place on earth and thinking like, are, are they really welcome amongst everyone? They're, not to say that they were at the point of being suicidal, but it wasn't it wasn't far off. And for whatever reason, they discovered our song, and there were lines in it that just spoke to them in that moment, and they've thanked us for that. And it's like you can't you can't ever underestimate or or fully appreciate how it impacts or a song might be even if you've not written it for that purpose just write it true and people will find their own sort of comfort within it and and the the extent of that you you, you can't even measure sometimes so 
yeah, I think that helps, knowing that helps to be more passionate about what is being written, I think. Absolutely. That, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. But considering you only started in 2017 as mm-hmm. practically a practical joke, you've had phenomenal success. Like, <laughs> released four albums. All of them have gone in the Dutch alternative charts, played in over nine countries. What was it that got you there so fast, especially in over in Eastern European? In fact, do you even know what it was that got you out there in known? I mean, I, I I don't, obviously I don't know. I, I, there's, it's one of those things is like, I, I don't know and I do. Like, I'm a firm believer that everything you put into something, you get out of it. And and if you're honest with yourself and you have put everything into it, you, you will reap the rewards from it. So with that sort of mindset, every single show I go into with the mindset like how can I blow everyone away and how can I not that it's a competition but if I am supporting a band how can I match their level or how can I one-up them not not to be petty not to be competitive just from a self sort of point of view of wanting to be as best as I possibly can be and if I put everything in you get like a 30 minute slot sometimes to, to tell your entire story and to get people who are who are there in that moment and will never be there again to to be on board with you and to download your music or listen to it or come on board. It's such a short window. So I've always put every single ounce I've had into it. And even at the early stages when I didn't know what I could put into it because I was inexperienced to the point now where I've learned a lot and I know the sort of key things that need to happen, I still put everything into it. And because of that, I think the energy that it's that we we give off is sort of received and then by receiving it gives us more energy and it becomes this kind of big euphoric thing and yeah it's 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 just a lot of sort of hard work on that regard but then also i can't deny the fact that uh steven like my, my stepdad who, who who manages us is just an absolute just godsend because he he has been doing this for 40 odd years and we're, we're basically one of only two bands. The other band is Novus, who's my mum's band that he manages. So but he puts so much energy into us and he has so many good contacts. And I mean, you can get all the best shows in the world. You can get the headline slots wherever. It doesn't mean you'll, you'll pull fans. It just means you got there. So almost to like pay him back for getting us those slots, I want to make sure that I do his best job as possible to make sure that that opportunity is shown that I appreciate the fact that you've given me this opportunity. And I'm going to show that by making sure that they want us back, that they want to book us for the next thing, almost to like pay him back for the effort that, that he's put into it. So as much as it's we've, we've been given a lot of great opportunities, I've maximized every single one of them. And if I, and if I haven't, I know where I've let the ball drop and I know where to pick it up for the next time sort of thing. Is absolutely amazing. Like that is so incredible, and I can imagine that the feeling of people singing back to you must be unreal as well. Alongside the fact that obviously you try, you know, people resonate with your songs, so however they resonate with them, like saving people's lives and that sort of thing. Obviously, not through your own. Yeah, I'm just gone. I've just said, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 I could, I couldn't. My brain was going like fifty thousand times a minute. Then I was going, uh, I don't know. I just followed my words. <laughs> But to to have people sing back at you must be an unbelievable feeling as well. Yeah, it's 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 it never ceases to shock me when people start to sing back <laughs> the songs. Like it, whether it was on our first sort of, I mean, I'm I, I write pretty catchy choruses and I I do my best to write them catchy. 
So from quite early on, we had a couple of people kind of singing back and it was just mind blowing. But we're doing like little shows now and I, I, I'm singing the chorus of like Sound of the Machine. And I genuinely can't hear my own voice over the voice of the first sort of oh, four rows. Oh. And it's just like, what is this? Like, this is mad. This is absolute madness. And I, I love that. And I want more of that. Like, I want I want that on a, on a catastrophic arena stadium scale. Like, I don't, that's brilliant. I love those shows. I just want more of that because it's so, it's almost addictive when people sort of sing along to stuff and you can see how happy it makes them and, see that they're dancing and people even said that they don't normally dance and for whatever reason in, in a certain song they kind of did a little bit and i'll make sure i go down off the stage afterwards and make a point of it it's like i saw you dancing like good on you for doing it and going out of your comfort zone it just brings people it's like a proper community thing and it's it's so good that's all it's, it's funny before we started this we were talking about rammstein and how us as english people singing their lyrics we're not getting them right no, we think we are, but we're not. So I'm wondering if, like, the German, your German fans are singing your lyrics. You, they think they've got them right, but they're, yeah, they're... they're just making noises. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for us, and what makes us feel bad is the fact that they can probably all speak English and German, <laughs> and we're speaking one language. Um, but no, there is there is a fan that always comes to our shows, and and we've we've done a show live for the first time, and no one's heard it. And they're there kind of moving their lips almost to the words. And it's like, have you heard this before? But they're actually just kind of feeling it. And they're kind of just making the, the mouth movements. And it's like, it almost throws me off because I'm, I'm, I'm going to start singing what they're singing. It might just be, hello. <laughs> With the one random word they might know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Here. Like... <laughs> That's it. And it's always here. Why is it always here? <laughs> it's always the lyric. I think because it ends a lot of things, isn't it? It's like it's like the word um, tonight is always at the end of every chord. Like <laughs> tonight. <laughs> oh, phenomenal. Is there a special pumpkin song called that? Tonight, tonight. There is, there is. Yeah, tonight, tonight. It <laughs> yeah, it plays on the video. It's great. It's the the Voyage de la Lune by Georges Méliès. It's the the uh, history of cinema. It goes through the all the old uh, French cinema. Uh, iconography is brilliant really cool video i had and no he, idea but... he looks like gerard way he's the spitting image of gerard way in that video it's weird like if you look at that video and i think it's only in that video because obviously he's very bald and gerard way isn't but they are <laughs> they honestly like you, you you can't unsee it now i've said that i can sort of see what you mean if you think of corgan's yeah. face and you think yeah you, i can sort of in my head i can sort of picture it i have to yeah, look at it properly obviously check, but... check the video out and someone's even done a side-by-side -side comparison i'm pretty sure so yeah it's 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 weird it is it's uncanny that's a good look at it. <laughs> before we move on from the stuff with the band I, there is something i noticed on your website that i wanted to ask you about you talking about the latest album nighthawks and he said, like in so many ways, it's like it's your first album, not your fourth. What yeah. did you What did you mean by that? Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where because we developed so quickly, like because we did the first three albums so quickly, we're constantly just writing, obviously for the love of it and for the fun of it. Um, and and the, the 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 styles have always been very varied from song to song, but the Nighthawks album was very much it felt like it was all the components that we'd loved from all the different albums 
blended into what's finally sort of categorized as like the August sound, whatever that is. It Mm. just felt really consistent and it felt like almost that the other three were kind of like demos and experiments that just so happened to be albums that came out quickly. And this was like the the final product of those. And and yes, there are some things. It's not quite as dancey as the previous one, or not quite as heavy as the second album. But it it uh, it just draws upon all the right influences. And I just think it's a real a real solid album. And it was it's a real labor of love as well. Like making that was just like I really sort of took my time with it. And 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 everything from the album itself with the music to the the artwork as well so inside the cd is um like a, a 12 page booklet uh, and each of the songs are represented with an art uh, piece of art so there's an art piece of artwork that someone's done based on the song title along with the lyrics so and it's all this kind of virtual gallery again to sort of make this sort of american art theme that the album encompasses to make it like a, a real unit so it, it's almost like the the final product that's that's kind of what it felt it was like the most complete sort of package uh, of an album and then having tracks like oxygen on it that's done very well and and other tracks like forever mine and stuff that really sort of defined our sound um yeah it's it's just it's it was it was a real transitional step to do that and it's 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 a, a personally but my, my my favorite album that that we've done and then you had a track with chris hounds from land of the lost as well uh, yeah, could hold on. Yeah, yeah, see him on Eurovision must have been mental. So <laughs> it was very hard. Yeah, we we toured with them in 2018 uh, in the UK. We did five dates with them, and then we ended up doing a show in Malta with them, and then I think another one in in Germany with them. Um, so we we sort of crossed paths quite a few times, and and yeah, I reached out with a with a, a song that was very different to what we normally do. It was very Lacuna Coil, a little bit heavier than than our normal stuff, and and yeah, he took it on board, and and actually did more than I thought. I thought he was going to sing it, but actually he kind of changed the chorus around to sort of make it sound more like a duet. And he gave me some suggestions of what to do. And it's really, yeah, it's really nice about it, but it's very odd to think that that song was there and there he is, you know, in front of 200 million people being streamed on Eurovision. It was, yeah, a bit, a bit odd, but obviously <laughs> great. And I think it really, it really put them on the map. Uh, and put this help put the scene on the map a little bit more as well. I say these these bands in in Europe sell bigger like arenas and 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 uh, venues than bands do with you know a, a four times the followers in this country. Like someone with you know a, a million monthly listeners and God knows how many followers could sell out like a like a, an academy club academy venue maybe two three hundred people. And yet the bands over there with with like a tenth of that, less than that, in Germany that are selling out 1,500, 2,000 capacity, like mini sort of uh, arenas and stuff. And it's it, it's crazy because it all exists and they're all actually there to be seen, but it exists in this kind of underground sort of gothic scene. And, and so that kind of exposure to Eurovision, I think it's helped trickle down a little bit into some of the larger artists and help sort of bring their profile up a little bit, which is all really good because it is a small scene. So it's the more, the more people it can get, the better, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, w- I went to see, I mean, I don't know why I went to watch Puddle of Mud in 2016 and oh, the, the support band, well, he's off, he's off his tits on drugs. We just sang the yeah. same lyric over and over again. But anyway, <laughs> the support act was a band called Unzucked who are from Unzucked. Germany. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing with them. Phenomenal. Absolutely Incredible. love those guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, they are super, super nice people. I, I bumped into them. We, we, we played weirdly with Lord of the Lost. We did, um, it was Lord of the Lost and sort of within ourselves, uh, in the, in the garage in London. And they were just super, super friendly people. But yeah, amazing stuff and stuff that you know that so many people would, would enjoy. But somehow, because it exists in this little bracket, no one's kind of heard of it outside the scene. And it's, it's it's crazy to think that because people would love them. People would actually love them over here. Yet we've we've played with bands like that who have come over here that are playing really really well, headlining festivals. They come over here and it's been like thirty tickets to the Camden Underworld. Like it, they've really really struggled. It's 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 like two different worlds. It's crazy. Do you reckon the British are quite? I don't know, I don't want to sound like a prick, but like are quite snobby with their sort of music. Like it's either British or American, and then they're not interested if it's somewhere somewhere else. I think. There's there's a whole debate about this, but I think there's with the UK crowd, it's a great crowd, and there's a lot of people out there. But it's it's very much they stick to bands that they know, or there's a sense of it has to be an occasion to see something. So it has to be a band that's supporting another a much bigger band, and they just have to be there for that because of this sort of need for an occasion. They're less susceptible to just going out and seeing music, whereas in Europe. You have people just going to shows for the hell of it, just to discover new music. And it doesn't matter how big or small you are, they're there from the very, very start of the show and they're watching every single band and they're getting the merch. They're, they're really investing into them. So it's not to say that one's better than the other. It's just two entirely different sort of markets and different types of people, I think. And and they're so open for it in, in Europe. They, they really, really are. And it's, and it's great. I mean, when you've got the UK crowd behind you, they're very loyal and they'll stick with you for every show you do but the european crowd definitely give a lot smaller bands a much bigger chance by showing up for them even if they are playing at four o'clock when the venue's just open they'll be down there at the front watching them and they'll buy the t-shirts and they'll want to meet the band and stuff and want everything signed so they're really they like to get involved from a very early stage which, which is really great especially for bands starting out yeah, you worded that beautifully because I butchered that at the beginning. So thank you for saving me that. <laughs> That's all right. It's all about being diplomatic because I don't want to say that you know one crowd's better than the other because it's all very different. But um, yeah, there's there's certainly things to enjoy about about both audiences. It's funny you say that because we had a similar story when we were in team bands at Two Thousand Trees. The name of the bands escaped me for some reason, but we were talking to them and they were saying they play in Germany. And they've had fans come up to us and I didn't really like your music, but I, I like that you tried, so I brought your T-shirt. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. They, they will, and they, they like they like physical stuff. They like to hold something from the band and to support, and and they will follow. Like we have some some fans that, of course, like follow us around, but we know those fans also follow some bands around that have like hardly like they're one of their only fans. That there's only like maybe sort of. 20, 30 people that go to their, their biggest show. But these these people that we know will follow them all around the country. We'll drive hundreds of miles to see them. And so there's that sort of level of, there's no pretentiousness over the fact that, oh, they don't have 100,000 followers on Instagram, so they can't be a big deal, or they must be crap. They're, they don't care what their follower numbers are or how many people are showing up. They're there because they like it, and they don't need an occasion to to be there or to enjoy it. They're there because they want to be. Yeah, that was um, as everything unfolds, Jay. Um, but going back to Augur, uh, I just want to say "City Never Sleeps" is my favorite song. The opening song on that album, I absolutely oh, love it. So you like it's it. just oh, 
you know, no, there's not, not at all, not at all. I always like to. There's always one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you picked up because that's that's a song I think that get. I put it. I, I put it first because I knew if it was anywhere else in the album, it wouldn't get listened to. So by putting it first, forces people to listen to it because I think it's such a. It's a real visual song and it's just big and I I, I love it. I, I, it's so much fun live as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. But talking of live, you've just announced a tour. Yes. Yes. Minutes ago. Just, yeah, literally like an hour before this, I think it was. Um, yeah. I was like, oh shit, I've got that as a poster. I'll do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Before It Began. Uh, and But it, the dates are nuts because it's not like England, Scotland, then Germany, Sweden. It's like a bit of England, a little bit of Sweden mixed in. There's Germany at the top, then there's England again, then it's Scotland, yeah. then it's England again, <laughs> then it's Germany again. You're like, well, hang on, that's a lot of that's a lot of flying. I mean, what I don't, I'm not like shitting on it or anything, but like dates wise, isn't that a bit to have to fly to come back to go back again? Is that a bit frustrating, or is it just that's just how the cookie crumbles because that's when the venue was available? Um, it's it's at the end of the day, it's only like an hour long flight. Or it's only like a. It's not. It's not a huge like like going to Hamburg. Yeah. It's possibly like an hour and a half, two hours. Airport. It's it's not like a huge part of the day. The it it, it does just around. That's a lot of that is down to uh, festivals. So the like the Sweden is a is a festival that we're headlining. Yeah. So that's sort of fallen in between the dates. So there is a little bit of toing and froing there. Um, but I mean, nothing makes you feel like a rock star than getting on a plane every five minutes. So, wow, <laughs> <it's bad. laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is. It is just how it happens, and we we tend to do, we tend to do sort of festivals amongst, and then like a, a group of sort of there'll be like four or five dates that are literally all in a row, um, and they're the ones with Solar Fag. I think they're sort of the nineteenth through to sort of the twenty second of October. So that's like the chunk of it. But the rest of them, I think all of them apart from one are festivals. So it's just how they fall. Whether just like single day festivals in a the venue, there's a lot of that in the in the goth community. There's a lot of like one day events where it's like bands from sort of four o'clock to the end of it so there's a couple of those that we're doing in headlining and then yeah the rest of them just kind of jot about so it always looks like they sort of dart around a little bit but uh, I guess it's even more crazy when you consider that I'm obviously going to be working in between all of them as well so it's sort of like yeah you there's the nine to five and then get on a plane and then do the thing and then come back and it's it's all a bit of fun I'm glad that I'm young I can sleep well on a plane and then it doesn't affect me too much. Because I think if I was 10 years old or even, I think I'd struggle. <laughs> I mean, I know the time difference is on like an hour and stuff, but it can it can really fuck you up. Because obviously you fly yeah. back and it's like an hour or two ahead and you come back and you go back an hour or two and you're like, well, hang on a second. Like, oh, don't, you know, when you go to America, it's like, don't sleep until this time because otherwise your yeah, body clock will be, yeah. you know what I mean? So but luckily that, that, isn't, that isn't so bad when it's Europe. It is only just a couple of hours here. I yeah. think, the the one recent mistake that I made, I mean, it was fun because it was a road trip, but I drove from Blackpool to Leipzig, which is is so far. Like, oh, it's it's so far. Like, it's just to get to Folkestone, it's seven hours. But then to get all the way sort of through France, through Belgium, through the Netherlands, then all the way through Germany to the other side, and then on the on the we did it in two trips because we we rehearsed in Eindhoven and stayed overnight in uh, Essen in Germany so we, we we cut that down but on the way back to the, the day after the show in the morning I set off at nine and I got back on English soil at 9 p.m 
and then no sorry at, at one at 1 a.m sorry it was it was it was 9 p.m we got to france so it was 1 p 1 a.m by the time we got to it took like a full 16 hours and then like a further seven hours of driving just to get back home so maybe that's a little bit more stupid than the flying thing i think once you've done that the flying thing's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet it was I bet it was gorgeous driving through Europe though. Oh yeah, it's great, great fun. I mean, and the, the autobahn on in Germany as well. So it's a little bit of chance to see what the top speed of your car is in a very safe environment. Um, <laughs> and yeah, some, some, some great roads on there. And I love driving anyway, so I can't cover it. All that practice for that rally driving feature of yours, that's always. Absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. Unfortunately, there's no off-road sections, but I guess we had <laughs> drums in the back, so that wouldn't have been quite as fun. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's you mentioned it. Let's talk about the day job, shall we? Before we talk about what you do with the foundation, now, how did you first hear about the foundation and their work? Um, I heard about it very very early on in its in its conception because my stepdad, who I mentioned, he put on the first ever fundraiser in London at Electroworks that had the whole foundation down there. I think Sylvia was down there as well, uh, and all the early members of it. So that was like the first big fundraiser high profile one in london that was put on and also all the events uh in in whitby the the one at the raw nightclub and and the metropole as well were all run by Stephen. so it was we were aware of it very very soon i think i had a wristband in like 2008 in high school so um so I, it's always been a big part and then when we started augur as well it was um our first sort of few shows were fundraisers as well as it happens for the for the foundation and um uh because we we obviously did we've done Whitby quite a few times, which which are, and then we've done a couple of shows in York that were fundraisers. And and I've actually met the people who put us on for those shows since then as part of the job, which has been quite nice to sort of see them again and almost be like, Oh, I saw you four years ago when we played this. But um yeah, it's 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 sort of been a, a very important part of, of of us for a while. And my brother is more or less the same age as as uh, how old Sophie would have been. So um and very much sort of emo he was sort of very much into that so it was very important and and it resonated very very much with our uh with our family really because we're all sort of alternative and gothic and stuff so yeah it was it was it was important and yeah i, I had quite a lot of trouble at school as well so it was sort of extra playing on my mind when that when it happened so it was it was nice to know that there was something out there that was being done about it as far as i was aware so what made you um, want to get involved? Um, well, I, I sort of always tried to be involved, I guess, with the shows. It was just as if by chance I just saw the post on the page and actually I'd, I'd left my job in, in uh, 2021 um, to do music full time. And, and I made that very clear when I, when I went for the interview and I said, look, I'm, I'm applying for this because I want to support the charity. I don't necessarily need the job. I'm quite happy being self-employed and sort of doing my own thing, but I want to help if I can. And I've got some, you know, skills that could be used to really sort of advance things further. And and uh, my famous waffling and convincingness <laughs> apparently worked because <laughs> I got a call <laughs> saying you haven't got the job, but we've we've sort of made one for you um, based on your oh. skill set. So yeah, it was it was a good call to receive, and we've worked something out, and it's been great ever since. I think we've we've already made a bit of an impact and hopefully that'll just get more and more big and it will grow and we can really sort of uh, do what I can and sort of leave my stamp on it, really sort of 
yeah, just just really just drive it forward and try and maximize it and get it to be a you know as sustainable and and get as much reach out of it as possible and really sort of spread that message. For those unaware, what exactly is your job in the foundation? So by title, it's the marketing and development manager. Um, honestly speaking, I think because it's been festival season, um, aside from sort of doing some bits um, with the marketing, like whether it's the social media or whether it's um, working with the website or contacting people regarding events, uh, as well as some development planning, the most part of it so far has been working the festivals because it's it's festival season there's so much to do i can't believe that dina um had done this or, or more or less on her own for a while and obviously with maybe just a couple of members help because it's a huge undertaking so i'm glad to have been able to be helped with that but my actual uh role um hasn't uh, i've not done much of it because of the festival season so that's the great thing about now that that's sort of we've done that and we've done a good job with it is that now moving forward up until the autumn and christmas um there'll be a lot more focus on on doing that that sort of aspect of it which is i guess sort of um raising the profile uh of the of the foundation and and yeah also just just trying to develop it so that the the systems are in place and and everything works a lot more fluidly to to make people in the offices lives easier to to do their to do their jobs um and yeah just to sort of get it to be as efficient as possible so that the money we raise can can go into the right places easier and we can raise more money so we can do more of that so it's sort of this kind of the snowball effect that i want to try and build up with the foundation and really try and really try and grow it so marketing and development is it kind of encompasses that among a lot of other stuff as well um but the the be all and end all is basically just to grow foundation as much as possible and it's so important because obviously yesterday was a 16 year anniversary since sophie lost her life mm -hmm. and the message is still so prevalent now like it's amazing when we talk to people at bloodstock even at trees and i know that only spoke to download with us at, when we did that like, primordial it's still happening like people yeah. are still being treated that way because of the way they dress the music they listen to whatever it might be and it baffles me that it's still happening yeah it really is it, it, it's it's a thing that when you get older i think you you become like almost like uh more naive to it and you think well surely it doesn't happen anymore because i don't think like in the same way that i used to but you'd be surprised that it's actually never changed people still have this same sort of preconception towards alternative people and 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 prejudiced in general towards anyone who belongs to a, some sort of subculture or, or minority group and it's mad when you go in we did a, a workshop it was sort of part of the role did a workshop in a school and we were working with kids and some of them were, were a little bit younger and they were sort of like a, a 12, 13 years old. It's not younger than that, I think some of them 11. And there were, we do this workshop where we, we give them cards of, of different people and they sort of pick people they want to hang out with and people they don't want to. And the, and the people they were picking they didn't want to hang out to and the reasons they were giving as, as justification as to not hang out with them were like really horrible and really like nasty things but bizarrely are things that are this have been the same since you know the same things that were said to sophie and the same things that were said at that time these kids who weren't even born 
who, who weren't even like a, a, a tiny figment of the imagination at that point are still coming up with these same you know uh, derogatory terms and and these same prejudices and being just as intolerant as and it and it's just matter of where does that come from so it's still very much a, a thing and it's still as important as ever to to make sure that that we we tackle those things and that we you know uh, sort of encourage more more positive um positive behavior to sort of you know let people in and if you're not going to let people in to to form a a valid opinion of them then just don't form an opinion of them it's it's actually less work to not say anything than it is to say something hurtful so it's it's you know it's it doesn't impress anyone and i think anyone when you get to an older age you look back and you realize that actually i wasn't like what a what a stupid thing to bully someone over like I think everyone is just as different as the next person. Like, why, why isolate that person? You know, it's 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 it is baffling. But that's obviously that, that's the reason why we do what we do, and that's that's why we want to stop that as much as possible, and to raise awareness that it is still very much a problem. Oh yes, and then it doesn't help when people go on loose women and start taking the piss out of like goth baby, for example, and start you know people that have got a platform then start. If, in, in a way like sort of backhandedly joining in with you know with yeah. dismissive people and oh it's just a phase and why that why would you do that to your kid and that's disgusting devil worship and all that crap that was so sick of hearing now um mm. we're probably not the nicest community ever like we're probably the loveliest yeah. people yeah. you would ever hang out with and speak to but do you know what i mean it's 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 yeah. it's, it's it's crazy to me i don't get it like I I I, ne- I didn't when I was younger. When I got the I got the I used to have I used to love Static X when I was growing up. Oh yeah, loved Wayne Static. I loved Wayne Static. So I had the spiky hair. I had yeah. my hair up, and I had it, and I always had it that way. People were like, oh, you know, get your fucking haircut. Like, but but why should I do that? Why don't you get your haircut then? Like, I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> like, just because you like Dre and Eminem, does that mean that you have to cut? Do I have to tell you to cut your hair too? Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. And then the baffling thing is, is that the chances are that you probably also like Dre and Eminem as much as I did. they did. And, yeah. yeah. And, and I bet if they know, I bet if they knew that, then perhaps they'd <laughs> think differently. It's so, it's so bizarre. I think it, it, it comes from, I guess it comes from your, your peers and, and maybe it's a bit of peer pressure to come with a funny joke, but genuinely, and I don't know if it's right to say this, I think it comes from a genuine lack of of intelligence i think it, it's not an intelligent thing to do to insult someone uh, or, or to or to or to generalize something like so like for, for example i i came back from a music video shoot and and i had the, all, my neck was all painted black and i had them all makeup on and stuff and and this this guy walked past i was in my car and he pointed and said, oh that's the guy from the fucking slipknot and and firstly, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard because the slipknot just sounds so weird. But, um, but also, like, like it's it must be so like that. That's the best they can come up with. So that must be the point where their 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 mind, their intelligence, doesn't expand any further than I see someone alternative. Let's insult them with the only reference I know. Like it, it seems like a really unintelligent stab. If they'd said something, you know, a little bit more clever, I might've actually laughed with them. You know, I don't, in, in freedom of speech, you're allowed to say what you want, but maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it comes from, maybe it comes from a little bit of that, but um, I mean, you can't blame the younger kids, I guess, because 
you know you can't expect them to have that same intelligence that same experience okay. so therefore it comes from it comes from the parents or it comes from whoever's looking after them and that's sad but i don't know it's it's just a it's it's a mess isn't it and it's it's you can only you can only do what you can and you can only tolerate it to a certain extent as well so we've just got to work hard to see if we can challenge it or reduce it in any way even if we get reduced by one percent i mean one percent of all the people that are getting this is still ginormous somehow people yeah. you know so but you know, we, we, we can only do what we can no absolutely and you mentioned the slip not there which finally reminded me of a moment when i was in birmingham years this is years ago mm. and i was walking uh with an ex of mine back from a club a night out and this guy turned around and looked and he went god you're the off looks like he's from fucking looks like he loves slipknot and i went it's because i do uh, <laughs> yeah, what, <what's> your point? <laughs> they're one of the greatest metal bands probably ever and yeah what, what's your point exactly he went yeah well you know <laughs> well you want to fight about it like not particularly i just want to go <laughs> home that's okay with you like I, I, again I, that it's, it's like it's like and that's why I say it's it's like an intelligence thing. I think it's almost like caveman mentality, isn't it? Like because yeah. that's exactly what he's resembling at that point. It's like oh, I don't know, just a, a puncher, isn't it? It's just yeah. like it's, wow, no, thank you. <laughs> I just got this weird like thing in my head. People looking through like like they come over for the first time to hang out or whatever, and they look through your CD collection or vinyl collection. There they go, Ooh, Kate Bush, right? great, yeah. Oh, don't mind Blink Blink Eight Two. That's lovely. That's Lovely that is. Spy skills, yeah, cool. Metallica, right, lovely to meet you. See you later. <laughs> that's crowd, crowd. What it's like. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's like though, isn't it? Realistically. Yeah, yeah. It's so mad, isn't it? It's it's no no like norm I guess no like intelligent person would do that based off if they knew the information. I think that's the point, is that we can't assume that everyone doesn't have the intelligence. So therefore we can only only you know, assume that they don't have the full picture. And if they still make those remarks when they have the full picture, well, that's sad for them, that they are like that, that they are that, going to corner themselves off that much. But we can only assume the best in people and assume that they've just got the wrong end of the stick and actually they just need to learn a little bit more context. It shouldn't come to that. As I say, if you have no kind words to say, then say nothing more at all. Exactly. It couldn't be more true than that. I don't absolutely, you know, I, I don't want to punch someone in the face because they love Stormzy. Like, I just, I don't care. Do you know I mean? it's, it's weird. It's just, oh, 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 you love them. That's great. Well done. Congratulations. Well done. Have Here's a biscuit. Yeah. Like, enjoy your life. Yeah. Like, I'll see you later. <laughs> a, a big, big part of the work of the foundation is you were talking a moment ago, is the music festivals. Mm-hmm. And it, it really shows the community in this alternative subculture. It's amazing. When was your first festival? Was it this previous download? Uh, with the foundation. The foundation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it was the download festival, yeah. That was the first one we did. Uh, so it was kind of a baptism by fire, I think, because oh, it, yeah, it was so busy. God almighty. Like, we opened at 11, and then we closed at midnight, and there wasn't ever not a queue. It was just there was at least six or seven people waiting to, to purchase merch or to chat with us or whatever it was. It was... It was absolutely relentless, like and 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 brilliant. I mean, we can't complain at that. It's absolutely fantastic. It goes to show how important foundation is as as a, as as you know an entity, but also as a community as well. I mean, 
if if that didn't show support then i don't know whatever will that's it was it was an incredible thing and it was a great festival as well i mean lucky with the weather it was mm, probably a bit too hot but it, you can't complain too much it was it was just a brilliant a brilliant festival all around and and I didn't put my tent next to a generator, so that's yeah, it's all good. A big win, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big, a big win. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't recommend. No. <laughs> was it what you expected, though? Obviously, I know it was busy, but was it what you expected? Could you have not prepared for that? What you? Um, I guess it, it wasn't what I expected because I expected more people to sort of come over. We'd heard a lot about them and sort of come over and tell us about their stories and about you know their experiences. And it's not that they probably didn't want to do that. It's just that we were so busy that they probably felt bad starting that conversation up because there were so many people waiting. But it, it was because they I think the, the biggest topic was the whole we weren't going to go and then we were going to go yeah. uh, fiasco. Yeah. So I think people just wanted to talk about that and wanted to express how important it was um, that that we were here and that, and that they had done their bit to make sure that we were by posting or commenting or whatever it was that was like the topic of conversation that really sold it so yeah it was it was different to what i expected but i, I don't think i could have thought you know, expected it to be any better than that it was it was really good it was great fun i had a really good time yeah I can and it's it's that what you were saying there about people coming and telling you their stories like that blows my mind like it's happened me and tom don't officially work for the foundation, but we did that event in uh, Primordial. We helped out in the tent last year at Bloodstock. Obviously, we were very busy this year, so we couldn't do as much. But last year, we were in there quite a lot. And we had that. People just we've never met before in our life just walking up to us and start telling us their story and how the foundation has helped them and how they've been treated differently. And it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. You sort of don't know where to put yourself. But at the same time, you're like, this person's yeah, trusting yeah. me. I've never met this person when they think, trust me. And I think it, it shows how open the whole community is, I think. It, and that that openness and that open-mindedness and that attitude is why we as a community don't make those prejudices towards other people. Because when you're open-minded, you don't do that. It's the closed-minded people that make, you know, that make those judgments and and and, and uh, you know make those take on those actions. But yeah, it just it almost like emphasizes our point that we are very open, friendly people. And as everyone says in the community, the more extreme the music, the nicer the people are. Like the heavier you get, the more friendly they become. And and it's so true. I mean, everyone's everyone's in the same boat, and everyone's. I think is appreciation for individuality at a, at a just a, a huge scale within this community and i think that's it's so so special because no other community is as close-knit as that I, I i don't i genuinely don't think there is a community like that i think there's a lot of great communities that they're not saying that it's the best i'm just saying that it's so well connected and everyone knows everyone and yet there's bloody millions of them and it's brilliant it's so good <laughs> And everyone just seems to get along. Like it blows a music yeah. festival blows my mind. You can literally just bump into someone and go, hey mate, like, hey, do I know? You? No, but hey, how you doing? Let's have a beer. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. You couldn't do I mean, it. How, how, how much nicer would would the world be to live in if we all took that attitude? Eh? Like if we were all metalheads and mindset and we all just said hello to each other and we all just, you know, offered to go for a beer or a coffee or whatever it was with some random stranger that we met, I think we'd all get along a lot better, wouldn't you? I think it'd be such a, it's just a much nicer place to be and there'd be a lot less conflict. In it really would. But speaking of going forward, obviously last year at the foundation, we had the hate crime survey. I know the results are going to be published to that very soon. But what's the current focus? What, what are we looking at going forward from now? 
So there's a, a big push, um, obviously, with the hate crime survey, and that's going to be a real pivotal moment for us when we sort of publish that. And, and I think that's going to be really great for um, especially the authorities or the people higher up to sort of really see that it's, it is a problem. And I think hopefully off the back of that, but also simultaneously, there'll be lots of work within within schools and doing a lot more workshops, a lot more presentations, but also even just outside of schools, doing just more presence in general. I think the 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 word is to sort of speak to as many individuals, whether it's, you know, just a workplace that shows an interest in it and to try and get it almost to try and get it embedded into the system as a thing that you need to do this because it's insightful and it's it opens your mind to, you know, to be much more accepting of everyone. And, and if we can, and we, if we can stress that importance to the people higher up, then we stand more of a chance of being able to get into places in order to deliver the presentations and deliver the workshops or whatever it may be to then change those mindsets in the hope that this sort of, uh, long-term, one of the long-term goals to to get, uh, even just to get a subculture listed as category on the on on as the real hate crime. Because I mean that's that is something that Sylvia was told that you can only you can basically only do that at grassroots level. You have to build that up in order to change that law. So we're we're going to do that, and that's going to be that's going to be our focus, and that we're we're confident that we can do that. With I mean the community showed its hand and showed how much it has our back with that. And I mean, I know that's one festival, but it is 110 odd thousand people all behind us showing how important it is that that this idea, whether it's a Sophie or whatever it is, but even, even just at an idea level of that you should be uh, tolerant of people is represented. And I think just the importance of that, the fact that we have this charity, the fact that it is based off a, a real thing that and very much a real ongoing thing. I think just if anything helps our cause. It's beautiful. Is there anything on a personal level that you'd like to achieve in your work with the foundation? You're saying when you got you came on, you had ideas and stuff like that. Is there anything that you've like got that goal in mind? Like I want to get it done. I want to get it done. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of things, and I'll be laughing in the office of saying the word website, but it drives me mad. I, I, I'm uh, part of what I do, and I, I do this outside of the foundation as well. I've done it for years. Is I build websites, and I, I, I'm very nerdy. I love it. I don't, I don't do it for money. I just genuinely like making websites. It's a weird hobby to have, um, but I want to get that sorted. I want to get it's the first sort of call, important call for people to discover us and to learn about the foundation. So I want to make sure that it is, you know, it has everything on there that it needs. But also, I want to make sure that anyone coming to the foundation who needs help or advice or whatever it is can find that on the website can go on the website and get free resources or something form of advice or or just post whatever it is to sh whether it's spreading awareness or it's personal help and a personal level. i want to make sure that there's some sort of hub or, or package available that they can access to give to help them with that because i think that's really important it should be accessible and and it and it should be available to everyone if they need it, whether they're in this community or not, whether it's just bullying in general, some key advice on there would be really important. So that's sort of my main project. I want to get that sorted and I want to make sure that's as best as it can possibly be. And then working in from that, developing that over time and also making a big deal about all the people that raise money for us. I mean, there's up and down the country, all around the world, people 
running little events, uh, music, uh, running a mile or however long it is. There's so many great things that people are taking their time out to do. There are a lot of effort and they're raising, you know, whether it's 20 pound or whether it's 500, it's still so important. The fact that they've even thought about this, let alone of anything they've raised. So I want to make a big deal about people who do that. And I want to make this sort of hall of fame thing on the website that shows everyone who raised the money for us. It might be a ball lake to load on the screen and it might take forever, <laughs> but I want to make sure that everyone is represented. I have to do some, some clever building in order to get all the cash on there. But I, I just want to make sure that, you know, if they've gone through that effort that they are recognized for it. And, and there's no hierarchy of, okay, this person raised a thousand pounds as opposed to this person raised 50. I don't care. They both done everything they can to raise as much money as possible. Someone got luckier than the next person. doesn't matter. I want to make sure everyone's equally represented on on this big Hall of Fame list, and and hopefully that's going to inspire more people to do it. But also to just to thank people for doing it for so long without a system like that that exists that actually thanks them. Because at the moment it's we do our best, and the emails come through, and sometimes they get a little bit lost, and they take a little bit longer to get back to. And we try and do certificates, and we do what we can, but it's very much a process that no one there's no like actual way of doing it. So this will be a way to make sure that everyone gets that um, recognition that they deserve for, you know, for being so selfless. That's amazing. But, but, and it will, and I know it sounds weird, but it's as a human, we as human race, we are very much a reward things like, Oh, if I do that for you, I'll get a mention on the website. Oh, I'm going to do more. I liked that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give me a treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a biscuit. <laughs> I raise money, god damn it. No, but it's it a thing, and it's like, I mean, really, I'm sorry, I'm just plugging my phone in. Um, a, a, a a selfless act shouldn't, if it's truly selfless, does shouldn't need any sort of affirmation that it's been done. You do it no. because you want to do it. But that being said, there are people out there that film themselves giving money to homeless people, and it's like, oh, you're doing it for the views. It's like maybe, but they're still giving money which is probably more than you've done. And that's made a huge difference. Maybe they did it in the wrong interest and they tried to capitalize on it, but the deed is still good and it's still pure and it's still helped them out a lot. So yeah, I think it, it, there's no shame in that. I think we should really just make a big deal about everyone who does it, because if we do that, then everyone's on the same page and no one gets more or less recognition than the next person. Everyone gets acknowledged. That's so cool. it's like, it's, you know, we, we, we create, a system that's equal and therefore everyone is if that makes sense <laughs> no, makes perfect sense and like as a member of this community myself i have to like tip my hat and say a massive thank you to you and all the work you've done while you've been there and the foundation in general because it means an absolute world to us we fly that flag every single week we have a video playing every oh, single episode you know it means the absolute well i can still remember where i was when i heard sophie's story and it is so relevant today as, uh, just yeah, as it absolutely. was well, well of course we 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 thank you as well for doing <laughs> what if you're on the hall of fame um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it is people it is people obviously like yourself you're ambassadors but you know you, you, you would do this if you weren't that's not the point it's it's no. you, you do it because you care about it and you want to use your platform to 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 create more awareness for for the foundation and that's wonderful i mean we don't we don't ask you to do that that's something that you do so we, we, we obviously very much appreciate that and you know the more people doing that the, the the better everyone should be singing about stuff that they believe in whether it you know benefits or doesn't benefit you know whether it affects your metrics negatively if you do it 
the fact that you do it is is important and and it shouldn't matter and i think yeah if we can create that i say create that equal system then everything is equal and it's it's all down to the work of that wonderful woman and my yeah. heart sylvia always had my heart what an incredible woman and it's all down to yeah her. yeah absolutely amazing and and I, I i did get to meet her i was very very fortunate for that and yeah, it was great to chat to her, and and I I, I didn't I couldn't believe who I was talking to when I first spoke to her. I was like, actually, Sophie's mum. Like, all, I heard all this great stuff about him, all the stuff he's done, and and just yeah, just very humble, and and just obviously so driven towards the goal that she had, and and like a train that couldn't be stopped, almost like she just carried on going, and and we owe it to to her and to all the work that she's done, and to Sophie to to keep that going and to keep moving forward with it. Absolutely. Before we let you go, sir, there's a question I like to ask all musicians on this show as we start wrapping up. If people are listening to this and they're like, Kyle Black, I like this guy, I like the cut of his jib. I'm going to go give give his band, I'm going to go check them out, see what they're like. What's two or three songs you might recommend from your back catalogue for them? Okay, right. So, um, it's it's auger or alga, however you want to pronounce it. I'm sure it'll be written down somewhere, but it's A-U-G-E-R. Because <laughs> if I just say that, no one will know how to spell it. Um, but really, so we've got it. We have a new single coming out on the 1st of September. That's called Before It Began. That is, it, it's energetic. It's feel good. It's it's rocky. There's a, there's a little bit of synth elements in there as well. It's it's a nice little blend and it's, it's kind of uplifting and and that's for anyone sort of fan for fans of like maybe maybe like jimmy eat world or um i guess sort of maybe a little bit of depeche mode as well or even a band like always and stuff anyone a fan of that that is that's our go-to and it is obviously it's our newest song so i'm always going to say it's, it's the best because the newest is always the best but yeah that's a great one the the gateway drug as i like to call it into Walker, is is um oxygen which will be the top song on Spotify. And that's just, a, it's it's relatively easy listening. It's it's meaningful. It's heartfelt. It's kind of, it's got a dancey element to it. It's loads of electronic uh, synthesizers and, and basses that you'd expect from dance music, but also has quite a lot of guitar in it as well. And it's just a, it's just a nice, easy listening song, super, super melodic as all the songs are melodic. They're all very sort of singy. Um, so that that's another good one. And then for any of the heavier um, uh, inclined people who like the the heavier music, um, probably something like uh, Hit the Lights, which is on the Insurgents album, the third one. And that's uh, drop A sharp tuning for anyone that likes the guitar tuning. So it's a lot heavier than the normal stuff. Uh, and it's just, it's got a bit of, it's got a bit of groove to it as well. So it's it's quite sort of, it's reminiscent. So it's like a like a, a modern electronic version of like maybe some early corn stuff. It's but like with with a much a much more singy vocal. Like I'm not and I can't do the whole shouty screamy thing. I'd love to be able to, but I genuinely can't. So <laughs> um, I full credit to any any metal musicians who can do that. That is that is a skill. I'd end up throwing up after three words, but um. <laughs> yeah, so that's that, that, that's one that's one to listen to. I've tried. I have a I have a voice recording on my phone, and it's called "Learning to Metal Scream," and it's just me saying the words "I want to die" over and over again, but trying to do it in like a oh, "I want to die" sort of thing. And it's I feel so sorry for my neighbours because that was really loud, and it went on for about an hour, and I got no closer. 
to my final result. So I just gave up at that point. <laughs> but personally, self-recommended, I'm going to say Holding On, the song we discussed earlier, and Insurgents. Okay. Oh, oh, Yeah. Love Big it. energy. <laughs> I, I literally, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. Fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll sound slightly fanboyish. I was getting ready for this interview early. I was like, let's listen to a few songs, get in the mood. I literally press play and I didn't turn it off. I was like, I think this might be one of my new favourite bands. These are fucking no, incredible. I was like, these are phenomenal. I was like, yes. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad that you liked them. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So, yeah, keep up the great work, my friend. Mr. Stevens, any more questions for our wonderful guest? Yeah, I do. I have one thing I just want to say, and then i got a question for you, which is you're off to Spain next year for the first time ever. Yes. Excited? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for the weather. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I've got to get that out there. Everyone's thinking it. But, yeah, it's in Madrid, which is just such a cool city. I always wanted to go, and we're playing alongside some amazing bands. One of them's a band called Propaganda, who are one of my all-time favorite bands in the 80s. I think ex-Propaganda is like a reformed version of Claudia. But, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. So super, super looking forward to that one. And, and it will be good because it will be – First show in Spain, and uh, the drummer who I've got on board, Marcus, is relatively new, so it's it's another chance to sort of hit an- another country with a full August sound, like a full a full throttle kind of live drums, live guitars, all that kind of stuff. So it's a really good first impression. We can we can we've got a really good opportunity there to to really raise the roof. So we will be doing just that. Yeah, I look forward to hearing all about it, and I hope you absolutely fucking smash it at there. And you're talking uh, coming up obviously the uh, coming up soon. But the last thing I do want to ask you is: Did you ever think when you first started this, even though it came as a practical joke, did you ever think this is the way you would be today with Olga? Um, I mean, no. <laughs> I, I, I obviously I wanted I wanted it to be, but I'm I'm realistic in thinking that. At the start, I was like, well, it, you know, how far can it get? And I think it's only when it started to get traction that I thought, no, actually, this this could be something. And I think from pretty early on, from the reaction we got from our first ever show, <clears throat> that reaction has been the same. And I've wanted to make sure that's the same so badly. And that's why I put all the effort into really just, however you expect us to be, I want to exceed that expectation constantly. So it's it's I, I'm I'm well aware it sounds big headed, but I want to be as big as possible, and I, I I want to do these things because, and I will get there, and I I truly believe that the music will take us there, and the hard work will take us there eventually to these. I always said I want to sell out the O2, and I, I, I mark my words, I will do it. So look out for that uh, coming 2025. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it's 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 just a lot of hard work, and I'm so passionate about it that I, I want it to be successful, and I. I I can't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, I, I, it's I, music that I love. I'm super passionate about it. And I put every ounce of effort. And if that isn't good enough, then I've done all that I can. So I'm just going to keep going with that. And the orbit train keeps moving. And it moves regardless of what's in the way. And if you fall off it, well, you've got to try and catch up because it just keeps going. And that's the analogy that I use whatever reason. The Venga boys have a bus. The Yoga Boys have a train. <laughs> Mow that fucking bus down. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> the it's like, it's like, it's like a train. In, it's like a train in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It literally can't move. Like it's you can't derail it. It just goes through everything. Just no clips through mountains and through yeah. cars. 
blows up everything he touches. <laughs> what a reference. What a reference. <laughs> uh, Kyle, before we let you get out of here, any plugs, social medias, websites, whatever it may be, you want people to check out? Yeah, well, check us out on social media. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, Facebook is at Augur Official. Uh, so is Twitter. Instagram is at auger.band. Uh, someone beat us to it. Um, we have a website. It's auger.band. Don't put the www because it doesn't work for whatever reason. And and yeah, we, we, we're on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff. And if you give us a listen, I am sure you'll find something among the 60-odd songs that you'll like because there's so many different genres. And if you did like it, brilliant. And if you don't, well, at least you tried. And I got a stream. So that's 0.007 pence in my pocket. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, just, yeah, if you've got this far into it, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Kyle, thank you so much, my friend. It means the absolute world taking time out to talk to us. No problem at all. Thanks very much for having me. This has been absolutely incredible. Um, it's always a, always a pleasure. Obviously, we, we've been fortunate enough to actually spend time with you as well um at the music festivals and whatnot and uh yeah we really appreciate your time coming on here because obviously we've been here for a while but it's great absolutely love it so thank you so much <laughs> well th- thank you very much and, and likewise it's been great to i'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll cross paths pretty soon anyway at the next the next jaunt the next event that <laughs> <we've done. laughs> and i've got to get sick this time <laughs> yeah camp some a bit more responsible this time yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Camp, camp responsibly never mind the drinking it's just camp <laughs> yeah. that was an oversight i actually took a picture of it as well saying this won't this won't end well and with the picture of my tent next to the generator i bloody doomed it <laughs> jinxed yourself that's what you did right there yeah. i'm like i'm like my own best joke <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful Kyle it definitely needs to be yeah. <laughs> again Kyle thank you so much my friend it means the absolute world appreciate it so much thanks for having us it's been, it's been good fun sorry to keep you for so long <laughs> no don't no. worry about it it's absolutely fine it's, we love that shit that's what we're here for so we absolutely love it and I appreciate your time man thank you and have an absolutely splendid evening yes you too you too yes and I'll I'll, I'll see you on the other side I'll I'll awkwardly leave this by pressing the world's smallest leave button <laughs> there we are oh, I've, I've put effects on there we go right i'll catch you later see you yeah. later take it easy bye-bye i missed it what a superb conversation like i said at the start it's, i love it because it's two halves it's like here's all about my band here's all about this amazing charity i work for and it yeah it's just beautiful yeah, we've had the pleasure of uh, working alongside Kyle uh, at the past couple of festivals, Tales and Trees and Bloodstock, and it was just just an absolute all-round legend, if I'm, if I'm really truthful. Um, so, yeah, this interview is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, talking all about the foundation, talking about the charity that's very near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, it gets, I think it gets quite personal in parts. Um, so, you know, we just like, we like to throw it all out there for you all to enjoy. So we really hope that you would enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. I love this transition part now. I don't know why. I love the whole, like, that interview was amazing. Now you've got about an hour of us. Oh, yeah. Strapping. Thanks for staying. Thanks for, uh, you know, getting warm with your slippies on and your newspaper. Why would you have, actually, why would you have a newspaper? Have a newspaper when you fucking listen to us. Um, but, Jamie, there was just, you know my love for Robin Williams, right? I do. Well, my love for Robin Williams vastly grew today because I found okay. out something new and I just went... How how can I not how can I not love you more than I already do? And then I did. So 
Just one of those things. I fuck that up, but I don't care. Apparently, right, on Mork and Mindy, yeah? Yes, yes. The production team had to hire a censor that spoke four languages to keep track of Robin Williams secretly trying to slip swear words in other languages in during the show. And I was just like, do you know what? Oh, there's no words to describe that, is there? That's the most Robin Williams thing ever. That's what I mean. Like, I just... When you think you can't love someone or something more than you do, and then you find something new and you go, oh, my God, like, taken way too soon, in my opinion. Like, absolutely devastated. And um, for people that know me on a personal basis, obviously, I've watched this documentary quite a few times now. Um, And I don't mean this as in, oh, yeah, because I'm fucking awesome in any way, shape or form. But I see a lot of me in him from like a personal standpoint in the sense of that he always likes to entertain, make people laugh. And he always loved to, you know, that's all he ever wanted just, just, just to, he, he, apparently from what I've heard as well, meeting, meeting fans and stuff, he always spent a lot of time with people like chatting away and that sort of, he just seemed like an absolutely genuine human. Um, and from the documentary, obviously it's like my life's work is I just want to make people laugh and I want to entertain people and I want people smiling to be happy. That's all I've ever wanted to do. So, yeah. what you know, it's, set as well. Yeah, like someone that for his stature, his caliber, for his talents, for you know, and he's just like, yeah, I just want to be in the pe- with the people. I'll be amongst the people. I think who was who was it that said was it Timothy Rose that said he was meant to be the original voice of Howard the Duck, but the director was an absolute prick, and he went, no, see you later, not working for you. Yeah, it was like, that. It's like, and you hear stories about him. I believe it was Robin Williams that hired like um, homeless people and stuff to work on yes. sets to give them yes. money and help them. Like, what a yeah. fucking hero! Like, people his stature and his level of fame could easily be like give me all the money. I make the ha-has, You fuck off. But no, he wasn't like that at all. What? Oh, yeah, gone way too soon. What you say? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, now to my enraged part where I start to whinge <laughs> okay. and moan about shit. So yeah, we'll, you know, we're back to normal. Yeah, yeah. The show is now back <laughs> on the on the road, boys and girls. Turkish ice cream vendors. Now, who <laughs> in their right fucking mind thought this would be an amazing idea? Just give me the fucking ice cream. I don't give a shit about all your tricks and all that sort of bullshit. I don't care. Have you seen these? No, I was going to say, you'd have to fill me in here. I've not seen this. I've not seen Turkish ice cream vendors in Turkey that will, that are like a whatever flavoured ice cream. Blah, blah. And they put it in the cone, give you the cone, but it's two cones. So the cone comes back out. And they have that stick and flip all the ice cream around and they flip the cones around and they keep like flipping things and they don't give you the ice cream for a good 10, 15 minutes. Why? I don't know. I, I, I wonder who was in there like business meetings that went, yes, customer service must be key. So what we need to do is make sure that we don't serve people for at least 10 to 15 minutes. What if it's a queue? What if it's like a really busy period of the day? Do you know what I mean? It's a hot country. <laughs> yeah. Like... Dude, I, I, I can't just have my ice cream, please. Like, why are you? Uh, ah, you thought I was giving you ice cream? No, I'm not. Hey, <laughs> oh, here's I. No, here's cone. Here's cone. I get you ice cream. It's oh, you thought it was ice cream? It's not. Oh, I bet. I take my bunny back. That's my bunny habit. Anyway, so they, okay. Here's cone. Here's cone. Ice cream. What ice cream? That's ice cream. I'm covered ice cream. And you're not having ice cream. No, you're not having ice cream. Yet. Here's cone. Have have two cones. Have no cones for no reason. Have just cones. Have all the cones. Cones. Here's cones. Oh, you want ice cream? Like, okay, I get you ice cream. More cones. <laughs> You're like, dude, can I just, like, fuck off. 
Why is this a thing? It's the worst business idea I've ever heard. I they must have something in their customer service thing over there. Like you said, it just makes them go so... Like, have you seen it? I've never been to a Turkish barber because, quite frankly, I don't want wax shoved up my nose without asking me because they just that's what they seem to do to just sort of go overboard. But well, I've been to a Turkish barber and you have to you have to ask for that. So you're fine. Okay. It was when it was when they put all the the oils and soaps and stuff in your beard, like oh my god, that's guy's left, and they just wrap that massive towel around your face, and you're like, oh, <laughs> um, that's that's the, and then they put a finger in you, like, oh, oh, oh. like ah, uh, I just get, is it yawn? Is it people just yawn? Oh, yawn! Don't even get me started. Oh, yawn, raping! Right. I forgot all about oh, that. God, <laughs> what? Like why? What was please the point in that? Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that's been. And from what I know of you, your asshole's very clean. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely it's like shit. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably one of. Go on, it's on Facebook. And I think there's some videos and stuff. I think the more annoyed you get, the more they do it. So you probably. have to kind of like not react. But obviously, a British person trying to do that to a drunk British person. Oh, oh. my god! Especially from the north, like a Leeds fan or something. <laughs> Like you looking what you reckon? They'll probably like climb over and try and beat the shit out of him. I just want the fucking Mister Whippy. <laughs> I bet he's there. Going, I bet he's just there going. Do you do chips? Uh, that's what, that's probably what he's saying the entire time. Oh, don't worry about it. My mother was a raccoon anyway. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> then they're getting confused. Going, I thought you wanted the ice cream. Where you go? I thought you wanted the ice cream. Um. Anyway. This one I I I thought of earlier and was like, this is gonna be great. Hi Claire, if you're watching, this one's for you. Oh god, what? You know how they say you swallow about six spiders in your lifetime when you're asleep? <laughs> yes, they do say that, yes. Yeah. You've seen the size of the bastards now, right? Yeah, they are fucking huge. It's almost like you're getting gagged. <laughs> so I, I bet you're asleep like oh. it's like <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I wanted to see what was down there, but I, I couldn't get down. I see, I'm too big now. <laughs> I thought I yawn raped you with all eight arms, but I fell in. <laughs> it's almost like you're getting fucking like deep throated or something. Do you know what I mean? That's that's how fucking big they are now. They are massive. Sorry about that. Yes, I, I I wanted to go for an adventure. You see, the wife wanted to go on holiday. You see, but you know, and I thought that's a fun little water slide right there. Yes. But uh, unfortunately, we can't get down. So I'm going to go and eat more insects in your house. Is that okay with you? Don't bother me. I'm fine. Like, uh, we run away because you're fucking huge. <laughs> you know that? Because you're so fucking massive, I don't actually want to be anywhere near you. So I go and run away and hide. That's why I run with my massive legs. You see? And we're so fast because I have eight of them. So I don't know why you're so scared of me. I just was literally <laughs> just having a look to see what was going on. But uh, apparently, you're absolutely fucking petrified for some reason. It's weird. Have you seen the size of you? Why are you scared of me? <laughs> but then again, but then again, if you're in Australia and that happens, I mean, they are probably the size. They're probably the size of your body. So yes. I'm not surprised you're falling into their mouths when they're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest with you, that's how fucking literally. Like spiders don't bother me, but when I've seen some some of the ones in in the outback, like <laughs> hell, fucking no. no. <laughs> well, like the size of me, and I'm six foot three. <laughs> So oh, it actually makes me feel it makes me feel really like I go, oh no, thank you. No, thank you. I was like, morning, Tom. <laughs>
I'm Tintin. Um, no, I'm not interested. Oh, sorry. It'd be more like, good eye, mate. What's going on? What's the fucking story? Hey, you want to have another? I don't know what this is. <laughs> I literally don't know what this is. This is my spine. This is this is the legs at the front. This is what oh, this maybe. is. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Though. These are my front. See, I have six others, don't you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I li- that just came to mind because obviously people talk about swine and spiders. And then isn't there someone that, that, that I swear somebody when you're a kid, as you do, to find the most mental shit on YouTube or on the internet. People were f- watching videos of women or women or guys or people that like to put spiders in their mouths and they were like absolutely gigantic. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you okay? Are you well? Is there is what no. I want to know? <laughs> Knows the answer to that question. Yeah. But yeah. So uh yeah, that's my <sighs> that's my that's my moans for the for the, for well, the week. I like it. It's funny you talk about Australia. It's a country I've always wanted to go to, but the animals make me not want to go. Like I don't want a bear to drop on me from a tree. I don't want a spider the size of my house to come after me, and I don't want a fucking kangaroo to kick me in the head or whatever they do. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I'm not scary. Kangaroos seem <laughs> awesome. I bet they're, they're well lovely koalas. You know, I definitely want to go. I just don't want to go to any deserty areas. Just the cities yeah. are fine. I'll stick to Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, and we'll just stay in the cities. Nowhere near any like. You know, deserty areas where spiders and snakes may roam. Um, no, thank you. Um, but talking to Australia, Jamie, um, I was going to talk about it later, but I want to talk about it now. I've discovered a new podcast this week um, called We Got the Chocolates. Uh, and yes. do you know what, right? I've never, the whole thing is just hilarious. There was no point where I was like, mm-hmm. I think I was laughing more than when I was listening. And I kept missing bits because I was laughing so much. It's fucking mental. It's great. It it's just it's an excellent hour of pure comedy, in my opinion. That that clip you sent me was fucking hilarious. So I do need to check it out. Well, the the nicknames for workmates, yes. were, yeah, was absolutely great. And um, they do like game shows where they take the piss out of each other and just just stuff like that. It's just really cleverly done. So if you haven't listened to it, it's two brothers and then there's loads of mates, um, and they just literally take the piss out of each other. There's puns. That you'd love it. There's puns in there. There's the the nickname. For, uh, there's like dad jokes. Uh, nickname for workman. Have people people ring in as well. They have people ring in on this when they do the, the recording and talk about stuff. And it's just Australians are fucking hilarious anyway. Wow. Um, but I highly recommend for those who haven't listened. To it, we I'm going to get on this show because I I think that would just be another rab himself interview of just where we just piss ourselves laughing the entire time. So I definitely want the we got the chocolates boys on here. Um, but I highly recommend Jamie. They've done 201 episodes, I think. They're on 201, yeah. Um, and it's just of just pure gold. I highly recommend. So I should definitely have to go check that out. Yeah, hundred percent. Amazing. I haven't actually brought anything this week. I got I got nothing, nothing to come across my. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, do you have anything? But funnily enough, I had nothing till this morning. Oh, so there we are, indeed. There we are, in fuck, indeed, lads. Um, but how are you, Jamie? What's been going on? I'm very well. I'm very well. I've been looking forward to doing this all day. So it's been a pretty terrible week and a half at work. So I've been looking forward to this all day. So Wow, what's happened? It's just been shit. No staff, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the usual. It's like retail, but in the medical world. Yeah, where the pressure's even higher because you're like, oh shit, people need this. But yeah, I can't. I got nothing. I got nothing to give you. But again, it goes to show what the government want to do so 
they will absolutely bleed it dry to you on your fucking knees and then go, lovely, let's privatize it all. Hooray! We make lots of money, you all die. Fantastic. Yeah, pretty accurate Tory there, yeah. I like it. But how about you? How are you, my friend? Well, now I don't have to put seven bins out. That's absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, Maybe get that joke, did you? Oh, for God's sake. Keep up with it. Rishi Sunak was on about having how everyone has seven bins and they don't have to use seven bins anymore, but we've never had seven bins, Jamie. So This is why I don't watch the news. Yeah, but then my jokes don't fucking land. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going, yeah? Have we got, we've got, we've only got three in Birmingham. We've got no money. So have you got seven? <laughs> we have to downsize on our bins because of the council. <laughs> yeah. And you only knew that because I told you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus fucking Always Christ. keeping up with current affairs. Don't invite me on a news show, people. I want no fuck all. Woo! Uh, no, ignorance is bliss world. Um, yes, yes. Um, in answer to your question, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, work's been stressful. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot harder than what I did before. So... Okay. Um. Yeah, it's proving it, it's just it's just difficult because it's everything's target listed and it's like specific rather than get whoever you want. Um. So I would have been very close to target this week already, but they've all been rejected. So I'm like, oh fuck's sake. <laughs> but that's just how that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. So that's fine. That is what it is. We 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 move as the kids say these days. We move. Yes, we move. Um, apparently, so I'm, I mean, I'm moving right now. I don't get slang anymore. I've hit that age now where I'm like, um, yeah, I just don't get it. There is one thing I want to bring up actually before we really get into it. Um, so my nephew has just started secondary school in Newant. Okay, he he's ginger. Yes. Can you guess where this is going? <laughs> he's been bullied for being ginger. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, <clears throat> why? Why? Why is this why? still a thing? I don't know why any form of bullying is still a thing, to be fair. Well, exactly. But I'm, I'm there going, but Pete, Ed Sheeran, classic example. Yep. Super fucking famous right now. He's one of the biggest artists in the world. He's ginger. He is. Do you know what I mean? And then, I, then weirdly, after I had the conversation with my mother, um, I had a news article pop up because obviously your phone always listens to you. An article came up from, I think it was Wales Online or some absolute bullshit fucking news outlet. And it was like, this girl got bullied for her whole school life, but now has the last laugh because she's a, she's like a major model. Fair play. She's, she's ginger. So like, do you know what I mean? It, it just, like, what, uh, my initial thought was, I'd like to go to that school. And I'd like to go up to those, whoever the fuck it is and go, Hi, yeah. I've heard you've got a problem with ginger people. Care to explain? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> they I, shit themselves. Yeah, that's like, I just, just want to know exactly what it is that you have a problem with ginger people, apparently. So. I don't get it. Oh, but they're only children. Yeah, it's a sure fucking know better. I don't give a yeah. shit how old they are. They should know like, better. And their fucking their parents should know what the little bastards are like. Exactly. Teach yeah. them better. They were throwing, they were throwing shit at him because he's ginger. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's kind of weird. Like, why? Jealous, I suppose. You should smack them around the back of the head and go, that's because you're a Oh, no. I would never fucking touch them because obviously that will then put me in shit. I just, I just like to go right, literally, I'd like to go nose to nose. I'm like, I'll get on my knees and go, what exactly is the problem? 
I'm just really intrigued. Could you imagine? Like, <laughs> please, please indulge. Oh, want to bring your parents? By all means. I still would like to know what the issue is. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they're, they're, I don't want to say they're modicod, but like, this shit needs stamping out. And now, because I'm fucking sick of it. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly that. Uh, yeah. Bullshit. That needs to just... You know, not, not the fact that I'm alternative and love rock, love rock and metal music, but I'm ginger as well. So it's like double fucking whammy. Yes. And it's yeah, like, it's... we need we need to yeah all my all my ginger brethren and brethrenes. Don't know if brethren is a word, but it should be because that's great. Do you know what? I couldn't give a fucking shit if it is or isn't, Jamie. <laughs> I've just made it up and it's in my mind. <laughs> you should own it. It's great. I enjoyed that word. <laughs> oh, good. I was gonna say you pick up me some ginger. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm just, I'm just, that's what I'd love to do. I'd just love to just go up to those little fucking pricks and go, hey, hi guys, what's going on? So apparently, there's a major problem with ginger people for some reason. Have you not seen one of us before? <laughs> and we, we don't get let out very often. I'll be really honest. So, Especially in the sun. Yeah. It's like, look at the fucking state of this. <laughs> anyway, what's the problem? Do you want to hurl shit at me for no reason? I'm ginger. As well, how have they heard that? Like, I don't remember the last time I heard like a proper people being shitty about ginger people. Like, is it? I didn't even know it was still a thing until that. No, did I? So, fuck knows. Because you've all got no no souls. I'm gonna fucking right. (laughs) That's what they used to say, wasn't it? Any originality, anything? <laughs> That's the only f- Look, I just remembered that's what they said, all right? I don't okay. agree with it. I know you have a soul. It's a beautiful soul. I'm, I'm just I'm just sucking up now because I don't need to hurt me. Um, I mean, I'd never hurt you. Tell them, Mike. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's, I just, I just want this shit to stop. Do you know what I mean? And I want people to stop be, to stop pussyfooting around for shit. And start, it, it's twenty twenty three now. We don't pussyfoot around things anymore. Nope. Do you know what I mean, oh, but they're only children. I don't give a fucking shit if they're only children. If they were five and abusing my my nephew or any <clears> of my family, <throat> I'd still want to know why. Yep. It could be they like to spin around a lot, and that's fine. <laughs> but uh, you know, at least I've got an answer. They're kids. They're still. in school. They need educating. So how about we educate them more things? I would never I would never threaten children ever. I would never do any of that. I just hate the fact that my nephew, as legendary as he is, is getting shit because of the colour of his hair. Yeah. Which is the weirdest thing ever. Yep. Oh ginger! Oh my god, kill it! Kill it! (laughs) Fucking weirdos. Anyway, anyway, Jamie, how's how's your week been? It's been pretty fucking quiet, to be fair. I've not done a fat lot. I've mostly been reanimating, and like I said, it's it's not been that great there. But there we are. Um, but no, I, I did stuff on the weekend. I had a long weekend because we were supposed to go to an event, and I was like, I'm just going to keep my annual leave because I could do with a long weekend. <laughs> so Friday, I went to go see the kids, which is always nice. I got absolutely fucking soaked. Because it was nice, beautiful weather when I left the house. So I was just wearing a hoodie. I was like, ah, it's fine. By the time I got to the kids' house, I had to sit around in my pants and a blanket while my clothes went in the tumble dryer because I was that wet. Like, it 
fucked it down on me as I was walking to the bloody kid's house. Yay, British summer. Um, Did you die, um, though? No, I didn't die. I might have had Did to swim. Build? I had to swim, <laughs> but no. <laughs> I was worried uh, people thought that would ever happen. What? Like, it's outside. Like, do you know what I mean? I know <laughs> flooding is becoming a bit more of an issue now, but like, everyone's like, oh, I had to swim to work. <laughs> Did you really? Because I fucking drove here. So how did you? I, I, where was the water? <laughs> Sorry, um, but Saturday was the most important thing. Becky and a few of her friends did a five k rainbow charity run for Birmingham Hospice. So I went to that to support her. It's called a rainbow run because basically they they throw powder paint like everywhere, and you're covered in head to toe in all multicolors. As you're doing through the course, they throw more powder paint at you. You run through bubbles and foam and all this sort of stuff. I ended up doing half of it because Olivia wanted to follow mommy. So I was fucking knackered and I wasn't even part of it. But there we are. <laughs> um, I'd hate, to, I mean, your council has no money. So who the fuck cleaned that up? To be well, fair, yeah. This is, now, this is now Rainbow Road. We're now part of Mario Kart for some reason because we can't clean this shit up. It's because it was just powder paint. So as soon as it rained, it washed away. But it was great. It was fine. Thanks. But I, I was just making a joke, but fine. Just no, but shit I, all over it. No, but <laughs> I did actually think that until I realised it was just going to wash away. I was like, shit, this is like staining the grass. They're going to have some problems here. What are going to do? Then I was like, no, it's powder paint, you fucking idiot. Of course it's not. <laughs> now, see here, Tom, you fucking moron. What happens is precipitation, you see, falls from the sky and washes all the paint away. Okay? Anyway, <laughs> as you were... <laughs> I know you were joking, but I genuinely did think for at least like half a second, oh, fuck the grass, what are they going to do? Because I'm a moron, we've established this. <laughs> but no, it was great. And then we went out for food with a few of our friends that did the run afterwards. So it was, it was a nice day on Saturday. But the, all of them, they absolutely smashed it. They all completed it. Fair play, they did an absolutely great job. It was fun to cheer them along and everything. Um, and then that's pretty much it. And now I'm here. I've Yeah, I've really done nothing. Doing those early mornings, eh? Oh, yes. 4 a.m. alarms. Yay! But, uh, we've very kindly been invited on a podcast, haven't you, Jay? I have. I have, yes. So I'll record that uh, next week, which I'm very much looking forward to, because I get to talk about Kiss for God knows how long. Yes! Very excited. Oh, but, uh, I'm, I feel for Harley. I really do. <laughs> but everyone um, go and subscribe and check out Fundamentals Podcast because I will be on there very soon, hopefully. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and good. That's it. Good plug. And to be fair, even if I wasn't going to be on it, go listen to it. It's great. I was listening to his uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode today and I was like, I really want to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine again now because that show was great. What a great program that is. Yeah, it was actually great. What about you, my friend? What have you been up to? Not a fat lot, Jay. <laughs> Not a whole ass of a lot. Uh I've sessed with Brayden. I've been watching a lot of AEW to catch up. I've been trying to watch WWE, but I'm getting so fucking bored of it. Um, I What else have I really done? I've not really done... Mur- I need to watch any murders after we recorded this, the second to last episode, penultimate episode tonight. Um, nice. Just, I mean, more than anything, I'm just getting ready to go to Barcelona and more than anything else. Um, this time next week, I will be on my first night there. So I'm uh, I'm quite looking forward to that. But dude, like literally, I think I've just watched Rugby All Weekend again and the NFL, um, nothing really. Scotland won, so we're still in the running, but um, Ireland beat South Africa, so it's going to be tough. We need to beat Romania this weekend with a bonus point, so score four tries. Oh. Um, and then it all comes down to Saturday the 7th of October 
8 p.m. on Saturday against the Irish. It's uh, we have to win. We have to score four tries, which is going to be fucking impossible. And make sure that they don't uh, score four or get a losing bonus point, which means they can't be within seven points of us. So it's going to be really great for facing the number one team in the world. So you never know. You never know. Oh, dude. All I know is that I'm going to make my turn my flat to rubble with how fucking loud I'm going to be. That's all I know. Um, so massive congratulations to Wales for qualifying for the quarterfinals and to the English who qualified for the quarterfinals. I don't as really well. care. Just kind of like sh- celebrating for my country. So, but yeah, so literally, and then the Steelers have won this weekend as well. So, like, it's been all right sports wise. Yeah. Um, but nothing like I'm. I'm literally rattling my brain. I'm like, I actually really haven't done a whole ass of a lot. Are you missing out the fact that you were the poster boy for Scottish rugby? Well, I wouldn't. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was the poster boy, but it was one. So basically, what James is referring to is on Saturday night when I was about to watch South Africa Ireland, I was scrolling through Facebook, and the Scottish rugby post came up being like. Hey fans, where are you cheering us on from tomorrow? Yay! So I was like, that's really cool. I love that post. Fuck, it's me. <laughs> I was the very last photo in the corner, like, holy shit. And they gave me a border and everything. I was like, that's amazing. That's fucking awesome. So I was on the Scottish rugby page, Facebook page with me, with my shirt and my flag out. So and you stay cozy hat representing. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking sick. That was like I think I messaged about 15. 20 people and then put it on Facebook, then put it on. I, I meant to put it on Instagram, I never did. Um, just being like, oh my god, how cool is that? Weirdly, I kind of expect someone to message me and go, What the fuck are you doing on this? But no one did, so I was like, Oh, it's probably because you told everyone, so they couldn't, they already yeah. knew. All the people that all the people that cared and mattered, or five <laughs> of you. <laughs> So yeah, no, that was really that was really cool. That was really cool. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, it's. Li- I think we've literally both had like the most boring weeks ever. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah. What did you do? Um, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We like to have quiet weeks again no, and again so. and again. So. And again. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I think I'm just, I'm just, I'm gearing up for holiday next week now. So. Yeah. Um, there will be a show, guys. Don't stress. Um, yeah, so I was really looking forward to getting away and just doing a lot of swimming. Lots of swimming. <laughs> swimming and Blink-182. Sorted. What a great weekend. Week. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Their new song, I think, like, destroyed every fucking person that lived through the new metal era yeah. when they were around, when they were huge. That song is so beautiful. Like, the whole emo generator. All the rockers, all of us that... that you know, were, were off Blue Minutes when they first came out in the 90s. They're like, oh my God. Especially if you've watched the video. Yeah, it's Especially all their music videos. Watched, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful to see. I was watching, I was like, I know that background. <laughs> That's <laughs> first date. Yeah. There's Rock Show. <laughs> there's Set Together for the Kids. There's Adam's song. There's, there's all the small things. <laughs> it's great. Absolutely great. But yeah, very much looking forward to seeing them next week. I think, I think this is going to be it for them. One more album, one more tour. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so very excited. As long as that Kardashian doesn't pop that child out, we're all good. Oh, fuck yeah. I forgot all about that. <laughs> that Kardashian. <laughs> I don't know. There's so fucking many of them. I don't know if you want Keris will fucking murder me when she hears this. I think it's Chloe. I have no idea. 
I don't know. I don't. Know. I genuinely don't know. I just know it's not Kim. All I know is if we started talking about the Kardashians, it's time to get the fuck out of here and check in with this guy right here. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, Braden. What's going on? Stay cozy, clothing for all you audio listeners. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorge, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boys. Oh. I love that you forget about our audio listeners. Check with this guy just... right here. Check with this, that you can't see because you're listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, if you're if you're a, an avid listener of the show, you would know that Braden comes up after the, the you know what I mean? But still, see? but still, for all those new people, Jay, they might not know about Stay Cozy Clothing. Well, and Braden's phenomenal advert. Well, they so, should. And he's had a massive rebrand as well. He has brand new hoodies and they look great. Yeah, absolutely. Make it more minimalist, which is what I think is good. Yeah, which is very good. So the popular the popular line stayed and everything else went. Um, but Jamie, just before we get into your favourite segment, also, this is the last week that you will see these backdrops. Yes, it is. As of next week, from, from October... We have brand new sexy backdrops, and they're so beautiful. I cannot stress. I can't. I can't wait for you to get yours and be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna wrap myself up in like a blanket and sleep in it." It's absolutely amazing, and it, it, yeah, money well spent is all I can say. Absolutely. Definitely, you did a superb job there, my friend. That absolutely superb job, but Jamie. It's time for your favorite segment of the week. Yes, it is. It's time for Callum Streetins. Yes. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Callum's treachings. He is back to treat the nation and the world all those wonderful things inside his head. So, without further ado, Jamie, what is Callum treaching us this week? Growing up is realising that Batman takes a shit ton of steroids. How dare you, Mr. Stevens? Not Mr. Stevens. Mr. Treacher. I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> that was weird. Is there some <laughs> pent-up anger and frustration named at me there? No, it was... <laughs> I know what it is, because I work with someone whose name is Callum Stevens. So you two mix together, and my head goes... <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh my God, could you imagine me and Callum put together? His absolute beautiful, handsome... Like buffness with my ginger fucking hello. <laughs> people would look at them and people would look at like our combination and go, "Oh my fucking god!" And as soon as we speak, they'd be like, "No, thank you." <laughs> the perfect, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> my future does not lie with him. Um. Anyway, yeah, because what the fuck, Jamie it Westwood? Works out lots. That's why. He's training. Training hard. Can, you be, can we be adults about this for a second first? Yes. And not, not blow our load all over fucking, it's Batman now, Batman saves the world. He does. Um, oh, come on, dude. Like, I get that people are obviously avid comic fans and all that sort of stuff, but he, I bet you, oh, yes, Alfred, pass me. Pass me the bat weights. 
you know what I mean? And he has to hang upside down doing all those bits and pieces. Then when Alfred's not looking, he just goes, there's like a secret compartment in the weights. <laughs> Straps him up. What's that around your arm, sir? Oh, it's uh, strength resistance bands. That's yes. what that is. <laughs> what's what's that needle you've just dropped by accident, sir? Um... Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Officer, I can be Whoa! Never like, does. Like Whoa! Whole <laughs> like, oh, laugh is just like blown backwards. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. To be the size he is, he more than likely is because you know he's got a lot of shit to do. So I don't know how he finds time. Or, or it's not actually steroids at all. Is like a there's a like a, like a blow up in the suit, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes him look massive. And he's like, "Yeah, Batman, I am fucking hench." When realistically, he's like, "Yeah, Batman, don't hurt me. I I know karate." Just <laughs> blowing the suit, I'm like, <laughs> and then when obviously when Bane came along, he's like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> Someone stabs him in the suit. Wait, you're not muscular at all. Oh, I found out my power. Bye. Only I'm really rich. Bye. Oddly, with the suit deflated, you look a lot like Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> yeah. Weird. yeah, that's what I think it is. I think it's just got like a big blow up thing and inside the suit. It makes him look really massive and scary. And people are like, oh my God, no, don't hurt me. And he has to deflate to get, to get in the car. He has to like, deflate really quickly to sit in the car like, there we are, perfect. Uh, I have the night. You are the right. I was bored. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> you really good. <laughs> Bollocks. I'd like Batman swearing. Fuck. <laughs> Bollocks. I'm Batman. Holy <laughs> fuck, Alfred. <laughs> you absolute dick skin. Sir, would you mind not using that language around me? Anyway, um, massively digressing. I took the piss out of you being a Batman fan, and yet I'm doing the quotes. Um, yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think you absolute dick skin is a Batman quote. Hopefully, <laughs> it is. Alfred just Alfred blanks it out himself. Um, anyway, anyway, we digress. What else, Jamie? Is Callum treating us in this week? Learning how to write in cursive as a child is absolutely pointless. It really is. Oh my god, yeah. There's no one writing cursive anymore. Yeah, and you have to follow the lines like, oh, you're you're kicking cur. It doesn't look like a kicking cur. <laughs> the curly cur, the kicking cur. <laughs> Sorry? The what? The ki- yeah. Uh, the kicking the ter- the uh, the ver, the were, the, the the what sorry? What are these? Do you mean do you mean S T U V W? Like all of us normal people say. I wonder if anyone spoke like that. Opera nutter, run <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> operation. <laughs> Where? What's going on? <laughs> I fucking hate phonics with a passion. Like, because you just have oh, to yeah. like reverse your brain to try and help your kids. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. I'm so confused. That's why I'm so happy I don't have any. Here but we I, go. I, I can imagine. I can imagine you going, "Yes, absolutely, K for." Shit, karate. <laughs> uh, uh, T for a tongue. <laughs> You're one of those people. 
I am. To be fair, there was a guy. There's a guy at work who used to be in the army, and every now and again, when we say letters like that, it's supposed to be like A for Alpha, B. Or like, so I used to just say random words, and he used to piss himself laughing at me all the time when I used to do it. He's just like, "That's not what it is." <laughs> then you get those. Then you get those absolute weapons that fucking think they're absolutely unbelievable when they do it. Oh yeah, no. Oh yes, Tanya Remo, Tanya Remo Sierra, Alpha Delta Juliet. Quite, <laughs> quite. Yeah, squat, squat, and all that. Um, I watched a film about the army once. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I forgot all about that in primary school. Yeah, I, I suppose obviously it's more for handwriting, isn't it, than it is for yeah. the actual. But yeah, you're kicking your turn. You're so perfect, sir. Huh? I remember being really fascinated in year four when I was leaving Germany, asking my teacher what her first name was. No idea why. <laughs> Absolutely fascinated. That was like the most empowering thing as a kid when you learn what yeah. your teacher's first name I was. know her first name. <clears throat> Come on, touch me. I know the teacher's name. I'm important. Oh, you know, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I'm now the most popular child here. Lovely. Anyway, and finally, Jamie, what else? Is Callum Trichiners this week? There's deodorant companies out there that advertise their products last for 72 hours, yet most people wash it off after 24. He has a point. Yeah, who leaves their deodorant on for 72 hours? I mean, I definitely don't. No, normally. I, I think I, I don't understand why it's like, you know, these, the, all these adverts are like, spray and you never have to spray again. Bullshit. Well, like, yeah, like I said, about having a shower. So I'm not supposed to shower then, no? No, you don't. You know, with, 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 and I don't know what shaving is, but like with Gillette, it's like, oh, the shave's now even closer. You've got no fucking skin left soon. You'd be like a skull. Like, that makes no sense. Why is it it's even closer? How do you fucking know? Who's measuring it? Uh, we can only get the hair to about an inch. Is that okay? Uh, as, as it gets, it's like a centimetre, millimetre, etc. But now it's like, it's now one point, it's now 0.6. Of a millimeter, we now need to get to 0.3. Is that achievable? It's like, what? Who cares? I just want to shave and be good. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just got images of the guys in the factories, like the guy shaves and they get right up to his face with a magnifying glass. Like, no, closer, David, closer. It's not close enough. <laughs> These blades need to be sharper. But, sir, if I shave them, I said they need to be sharper. <laughs> but you're going to say it's good. I don't give a shit, Dave. Fucking make them sharper. It needs to be closer. Closer. Oh, so <laughs> like, oh, my plan. Like, Gillette is there like, our plan is coming together. Soon people will have no faces. <laughs> um, but I wonder if there's deodorant companies out there now going like, now you never have to spray ever again in your life because you're now deodorized forever. Oh. People walk past graveyards going, oh, God, a nice sandalwood and, <laughs> and lilac. Where's that coming from? <laughs> There's no one here. <laughs> Your deodorant, this deodorant lasts 72 hours, so you can get away with having a shower for two days. Lynx. <laughs> oh, that's when fucking Nivy for men go. 72? <laughs> Fuck that. Try 360 hours. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> with this new Nivea roll-on. Last roll one month. <laughs> roll-ons never feel like you've put it on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I've always been weird with that one. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm like, not roll on. Is roll on more for women? 
I don't know. No, I, I use a roll. I use a roll on for the pits and the spray for the rest. But at the same time, the spray doesn't feel right there. But at the same time, yeah, rollable feel really weird at the same time. It's like, if you don't do it, use antiperspirant so you don't sweat and become Prince Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he used. He's like, if I if I use sure for men, I'll be fine. <laughs> yes, I don't sweat at all. What black book? I know nothing. <laughs> Come on. I says, did you cover me all, Charles? <laughs> yes. Ah. You, you sure? The back of there, lovely. Sure for men, excellent. 360, yes, perfect. Right. No, be like the, the antiperspirant spray stuff. I, I don't sweat, I promise you. Try me. Ask me anything. <laughs> what island? Absolute. I'm so sick of this country. Anyway. <laughs> We need to be having them fucking conversations and not moddy coddle. Oh, because he has lots of money. I mean, prick. No. <laughs> anyway, since I could. Um, <laughs> love that song. I was too earlier. Phenomenal. New Stained album. Excellent. Anyway, Jamie, Callum, thank you so much again for another absolutely perfect batch of treaches we really enjoy. But, Jamie, I now have to follow. Yeah, you do. Time Tom's journal. Read to me. And welcome to another edition of Tom's journal. Jimmy, since you're the chef of the house, do you ever cook pasta and accidentally make a serving size for a family of four hundred? Yep, every goddamn time. It's always oh. that thing where you put where you put pasta in and go. I mean, it looks a lot, but is it? Better make sure. And then that's the extra bit. You're like, no! Yeah. It's always the way, isn't it? Like, you know, you feel like you've added an extra two strands, but really you've added an extra 200 strands. Game over! Becky's the fucking worst for it. Like, we have enough pasta each to feed about a family of four, because she just does not know how to portion control pasta ever. Oh, yeah. Um, It's just the helpline for alcoholics. Uh, yes, sir, it is. Wonderful. How do I make a mojito? <laughs> Someone's got to have done that to take the piss. Someone has got to have done that. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Hi, my name's Tom. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Tom. Lovely. Does anyone know how to make a strawberry daiquiri? <laughs> oh, strawberry daiquiri. They are great, to be fair. I'm not much of a cocktailman. But they're lovely. Yeah. And when they sugar the the glass, like nom nom. Anyway, <laughs> I wonder if people who cut hair ever finish up a haircut. I like. <laughs> they're definitely crying in their car now. <laughs> oh, look who it is! It's that bitch who's to date my brother. I'll fucking cut her hair for it today. <laughs> I'm gonna do it in the back. Whoops! Whoops! <laughs> I'm going to do it in the back and then I'm not going to show her the back of her head with a mirror. <laughs> I can imagine this is going to be you in about 10 years. Bar the sport part. Dad, want to watch the baseball game with me? Teen daughter, no, I don't like baseball. Me, well, I didn't like Little, Little Mermaid, but I watched that 1,000 fucking times. I'll go get your hat and jersey on. <laughs> yes. Be more like go get your Batman cowl on. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, probably. I to watch fucking trolls every day, 24 hours. That's not so even you a, will. That's not even a lie. I did at one point. You will fucking watch Dark Knight. 24 hours. Yes. Until you turn 21, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling with sleep? Here's some little tips for you. Turn your phone off early. Have a nice relaxing bath. Open the window. Help a raccoon climb through the window so you can watch Netflix together. This is a sleepover now. Make popcorn for the raccoon. Avoid caffeine. <laughs> that is not where I saw that going. <laughs> I love that you're like, oh, here comes a fucking dumbass thing again. <laughs> I was expecting you to be really stupid. I was like, no, this is actually pretty good advice. Where is it? It's coming. I just know it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to school days again. When your teacher would go, when you write this essay, use your own words. Don't copy the textbook. Remember that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Book. She was born in 1978. Me. 1978 is the year in which she was born. We all did it. We all did it. And I'll put my hand up. In year nine, I genuinely, when we did slavery, when we learned about slavery, I genuinely wrote in my textbook doing an essay in history about how the slaves worked their asses off. And I got absolutely bollocked. (laughs) (laughs) He'd circled it in massive red pen and written, no. (laughs) You actually wrote the slaves worked their asses off. You weren't wrong. They did. I wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be cool or anything. I, I just genuinely was like, "Well, they worked really hard, so they went." And then, yeah, I got absolutely bollocked for it. It's <laughs> the best thing I've ever heard. I wasn't trying to be a rebel. I wasn't trying to be cool. I was. I was just genuinely like, "Well, no, they they, they did." So I'm going to write it. The best thing ever. <laughs> oh. Every time, Jamie, we try to eat healthy, along comes fucking Christmas or mm. Easter or summer or Friday or Tuesday, and it just ruins it for us. <laughs> <laughs> so try- I'm trying to diet and eat healthy at the minute, and they've just brought in one of my favourite fucking Christmas chocolates, and I'm like, oh, I must resist you. Oh, the What's that? Snowballs. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I, I love that people are always like, it's Christmas, so I can eat what I like, thank you. It's New Year, so I can eat what I like, thank you. It's the Jesus' birthday, so I can eat what I like. I like, dude, just fucking stop. <laughs> if you want to eat it, eat what you want. You don't have to explain yourself. It's fine. Just enjoy your life. Yeah. <laughs> if this water is so smart, how did it end up getting trapped in a bottle? Stupid idiot water. <laughs> And there's the dumbass entrance of the week. Welcome to the dumbass entrance of the week. That was fucking brilliant. Well, look who came by for a little sucky sucky. Vampire, don't say it like that. Oh, 
Uh, oh, have more. Okay, now these are great. <laughs> I was because I read them and go, save that, and I forget all about them. So I come back, I'm like, oh, yeah, these are great. <laughs> Fucking shopping or groceries, whatever you call them, are so melodramatic when you're driving home, aren't they? I took a left <laughs> turn and it's fucking drop kick you across the back seat. Chill out. <laughs> I love that when you're driving, you hear the shopping going, you go, oh, oh, I wonder what that was. It's when it makes that really loud noise, you go, bollocks, that was the wine, wasn't it? Or that was the glass, or <laughs> something glass-related and liquidy that's going to go fucking everywhere. Yeah. Oh, and if the bread's okay. <laughs> At what age do you get those, um, those rails added to the sides of the toilet to help you get up? Is it 37? I feel like it's 37. <laughs> It should be. <laughs> it's that Jason Byrne joke where he's someone having a poo. He's like, I sat there having a poo, and then my knee fell off. <laughs> he dislocated his knee having a shit, and he couldn't get up. <laughs> Genuine story. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Any wedding can be a fairy tale wedding, Jamie. Providing you serve porridge and release three angry bears into the reception hall. <laughs> And finally, in the NFL a few years back, Jay Cutler passed physical and is officially a dolphin. And someone wrote, if football didn't exist, this would be a way cooler tweet. (laughs) (laughs) And that was another edition. Of Tom's journal. <laughs> uh, I understood that reference. I'm so proud. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Mr. Stevens. It's an audience participation time. Oh, wonderful. 
and the fat controller said, participate, bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. <laughs> I got it right this week. It was Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <sighs> This week, I said, knock, knock, who's there? It's audience participation time. It's been a while since we got you to make us laugh. So how about we kick it old school with a good old fashioned knock, knock joke. This week, we ask quite simply, what's your favourite knock, knock joke? What say you, Mr. Stevens? Oh, I was, I was, I was going to use, it's not a knock, knock joke, though. Never no, mind. No. Um, <laughs> this one is, uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange who hadn't said banana. <laughs> Sal Pot <laughs> reference. Motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> Orange who say Orange who say Orange who say banana. But I was going to do the fish sticks one, but it's not a not my joke. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. you're a gay fish. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> a fucking gay fish. <laughs> Don't you know that I'm a gay fish? Oh, watch you. So I I can't read mine because it's in here. Someone's actually given it as an answer. So I'll I'll say it's my favourite when we do it. Lisa Sobis. Knock, knock. You're going to have to do there. Oh, yeah. Who's there? I have to participate in your challenge. You must be fucking joking. (laughs) Who's there, Jamie? Boo. Boo who? Oh, don't cry. Boar. Boring. <laughs> Joe's Joe Goodchild. Knock knock. Who's there, Jamie? Figs. Figs who? Figs. Figs who? Figs your doorbell. I've been knocking for ages. This is gonna Yeah, okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> We're gonna find one. No, we won't. Michelle Evans, knock knock. Who's there, Jamie? None. None yet, sorry. Oh, none you. None your business. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be so painful. <laughs> John Miles, I'll just have to end this one myself. Knock, knock. Come in. Nice and simple. Nice and simple. <laughs> Robbie Williams. Wait. Oh, he's one of these, is he? Why did the chicken cross the road? What? Why did the chicken cross the road? I thought it was not that jokes. It is. To get to the other side. Knock, knock. Who's the... What? Who's there? <laughs> KFC delivery. Huh? Why, did the... Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. Knock, knock. That one is massively yeah. lost on me. Sorry about that. Yeah, it was... yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a couple more. I, I can hear the listeners now going, boo, this, this. Give you a couple more. Mally Malpass. Here he is with my favourite one. Knock, knock. Who's that? The interrupting cow. Oh, God. The interrupting cow. <laughs> No, nothing. Not a titter. Nothing. Oh, dude, come on. Like, can we be really fucking honest here? 
<laughs> Ryan Williams will see us out oh, here because in Ryan fashion, he's got tons of us for us. <laughs> tons of us for us. Tons of them for us. Here we go, Ryan. Knock, knock. Who's that? Water. Water who? What are you doing asking me all these questions? Just let me in. I'm determined to see if you laugh. Do you know really, it'll be really funny if it actually turned into an ABBA song? If what? Water who? Can... <laughs> I mean, I think that would be better. Never mind, carry on. That is a good one. I might have made you laugh at that one. Knock, knock. Who's that? Weirdo. Weirdo who? Where do you think we're going? It's a poor dude. So poor. Knock, I hate knock. that you've done this this week. Fucking hate it. Who's knock. there? Anita. <laughs> Anita. I need to use the bathroom. Let me in. Oh, I thought that was I think, really close I to the titter then. It, I thought a really, close to yeah, titter. A, a fucking rage. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's fucking there? Ice cream. Oh, God. Ice cream who? I scream so you can hear me through the door. Dude, this is so bad. <laughs> oh, God. One of these is so bad. I'm saving that to last. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Nobel. Nobel who? Nobel. That's why I knocked. How many more of that? Can we get through this, please? Last this is one. painful. Last one, okay. though, and it is possibly the worst one out of the lot. No, my luck is going to want to make you laugh. Knock, knock. Who's that? Alec. Alec who? Electricity. Fuck's sake. So if you enjoy your... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone that participated. I really, really wish you hadn't. Uh <laughs> Oh, God, that was atrocious. Please never do that ever again. It was going to end one of two ways. It was either they were going to be brilliant and made us laugh, or they were going to be this. And I actually kind of glad it ended up this way. Um, but thank you to everyone that participated in Jamie's Challenge, as much as I fucking hate it this week. Uh, we really appreciate it when you did participate. It means the world to us. So thank you so much, everyone that got involved. If you do enjoy Jamie's Participation Challenge, Tom's Journal, Callum's Truchings, the shit we talk about before. Uh, sorry, let me start that again the shit we talk after the interview or the interview itself, then you enjoy the other 102 editions of the Chronicles of Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it be Google, Spotify, Apple, literally any platform, we're there. Um, you can also come to our our, main, our hub we really like you to come to is our YouTube channel, at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you press that subscribe button. That is the most important button on the whole page that you could push before you watch anything is hit subscribe. It would be absolutely unbelievable. Literally, make that noise at the same time. Um, hit the bell to get notified whenever so you can start. Let me start that again. Oh my god, I'm tripping over my and because you've been annoyed with this knock knock shit, and I my brain's just like, who's there? Um, sorry, boys and girls, I do apologize, but come to our YouTube, press the subscribe button, hit the bell to get notified when new videos are released, and comment to your heart's content. It would mean the fucking world. So on our YouTube channel, you can find all of our shows are on here. All of our interviews are on here. All of our Bloodstock interviews of 2000. Oh, my God. All of our Bloodstock interviews from 2022 and 2023 uh, are on there. Our Bloodstock vlog from last year is on there. Our Dublin Crust vlog is on there. Our 2000 Trees interviews are on there from this year. Uh, our hashtag WBW way back Wednesdays are on there as well. There is so much content in there for you to enjoy. It's unreal. 
over 400 interviews and videos and shows. It's just nuts. There's so much. You could literally be there for a good, I imagine, half a year. You can also come on down to our Facebook page at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you hit that like button and share it everywhere to get everybody coming down. We've got a live show coming up soon, November 22nd at Subside in Birmingham. Please, it's free entry. It's for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Come on down. We want to see you there. Subside Birmingham, Wednesday 22nd, 5 p.m. Doors open. Get your asses down there. It'd be great to see so many of you come and attend and raise so much money for these wonderful people right here. While I'm thinking about it, where else can you find us, Jay? You can find us listening to Augur's brand new single before it began because it's an absolute belter. Or on our Twitter slash X. Uh, at TCO Pod. Um, whilst you listen to Augur's brand new single before it began and on our Twitter slash X, where else could you find us? Thinking of all the knock-knock jokes you can possibly think of. Definitely not doing that. Be on our Instagram at TCO Pod. Follow us on TikTok at TCO Pod. We've got loads more videos coming out at the moment on there. Go and find Jamie's Chesney Hawks video. Come and follow us on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Connect with us on, excuse me, connect with us on there. Or come on down to our beautifully sexy, brand spankingly beautiful and wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. I will get through this. I'll fucking rest of it up. I promise you. Sorry, it's, it's late, boys and girls. All right, it's late. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, all of our episodes and shows are on there. All about us on there. All of our sponsors and affiliations on there on there. And obviously, as Jamie posted on our socials yesterday, our shop is on there as well. Come and get yourself some TCO Pod merch. It would be amazing. Amazing. You can get your own journal. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, follow us on all the social meds, social meds at TCO Pod, and subscribe to us on YouTube at the Chronicle Podcast. It would mean everything to us, and we'd really, really, really appreciate it. Um, I do believe guys and girls and everybody else that Jamie's got something he wants to say I do I have three things that I want to say and those three things are massive thank yous to our friends who help us every single week to give you this show first and foremost a massive thank you to the man that delivers every single piece of music that you hear on this show the incredibly talented singer songwriter Matt Roberts go check him out all social media platforms at Matt Roberts Music. Make sure you're subscribing to him on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music from. Making sure you are checking out his latest single, Rat Race. We know that more music is on the way from that and we cannot wait to hear it. So a massive thank you to you, Mr. Roberts. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. As Mr. Stevens alluded to earlier, Everything's been condensed. It's been beautified and sexified and there's some amazing new hoodies. Make sure you go check them out right now. And anything you like the look of, it could be this T-shirt. It could be that hat that Tom's wearing right there. It could be those hoodies that we just mentioned. It could be those mugs, those beautiful mugs. Whatever it is, stick them in your basket and then enter that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your order. A little present from Mr. Barry to yourselves just for being fans of this show. And last but not least, a massive thank you to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They are stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. And I mean everywhere because what happened to Sophie is not a UK issue. It is a global issue. And it is an issue that continues to happen today. When we spoke to people at 2000 Trees, we spoke to people at Bloodstock. We're still hearing stories. 
of people being treated differently because of the way they dress, the music they listen to, whatever it may be. So let's work with them and work together to put an end to this and to make sure the correct level of punishment happens to the people that do think it's acceptable. Again, a massive thank you to this week's guest, Kyle, a member of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation family. The work you are doing is absolutely incredible, sir, and it was an honour to hear all about your journey with the foundation. The Bloodstock vlog from this year, I am working on it. I'm very, very sorry about the delay, but it is on its way, and I hope to get out to you guys as soon as possible. There's some incredible stuff in there. And yeah, a massive thank you to the foundation. Go on to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Give that a share. Share it out so people who aren't familiar with Sophie's story are, and then they can help us achieve what we're setting out to achieve. And last but not least, a massive thank you to my wonderful co-host there. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much. Greatly appreciated again. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was absolutely great to have you. Thank you for taking the time out. Like Jamie said, it was wonderful to hear your, you know, your journey and all about your story with the foundation and with your band Orga. You can all go listen now. You can all go because we're we're close. We're shutting this down now. Um, I'm just going to announce next week's guest, and you can go enjoy Orga. Um, so Jamie, another absolutely phenomenal episode, my friend. Indeed, it was very much enjoyed. Absolutely, very excited for next week. Because oh, yes. as for this week, we will see you all next week. For the Chronicles of Ethan Lawrence 2. Or as he likes to call it, Ethan Lawrence Part 2. Part 2. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.